Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the Cow Corner Podcast with me, Dolly Tropper, James Hurl, Mr. Birmingham League Ton, Andy Harrison, Jamie Martindale, and the king of the hoppers, Joss Elliott. For your latest dose of all things Shropshire cricket. And welcome back to episode 24 of the Cow Corner Podcast with me, the Dolly Dropper, James Hill. And as always, I am joined by the King of the Hoppers, Joss Elliott, and the man with the Birmingham League son, Andy Harrison. And of course, we are not joined by Jamie Martinder. Um, Jamie, unfortunately ill tonight, guys. Yeah, we, we wish Jamie a speedy recovery. I hope it's nothing too serious, because I understand there's something sweeping through Beacon's first team at the moment. So there's certainly a lot of them ill on Saturday, so I hope they're all okay now. Also, I, I just hearing you say Martinder, I don't think he's on Tinder anymore, is it? I think it's changed, so it's Martin Hingedale, <laughs> is what I hear the new site is. So uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't know if you're ill, Jamie, but good luck if you're on a date. Uh, enjoy yourself. Um, we, we really don't miss you. But I see that two-thirds of us observe the dress code tonight, Andy. Yeah, I did notice. Uh, I got thrown a T-shirt. You've got to wear this. You've got to model this. You know, obviously a double XL. Um, but uh, James decided he's going to turn up in his normal attire. It doesn't look right. Me and Joss look awesome. And uh, yeah, James turns up in his stupid hat and his well, rubbish fair, T-shirt. I do think yours was a marquee, Andy, to be fair. I, I gotta say, for a minute when he threw it at me, I did think it was a, a blanket. <laughs> hey, both both looking very smart though in the new Cal Corner t-shirts, looking very good. And yeah, they've been they've been really popular to be honest. You can go over to the Cal Corner store if you are interested. Uh, we've sold them out loads of them, um, so we're only left with I think mediums and larges. So if you are interested, you can go over there. We've got two of our face masks left, and we've got quite a few of the bat stickers if you're interested in those mugs all ready for sale and also we are taking pre-orders on the new era caps so yeah anyway enough about that where we have been well it's been quite a long time since we recorded the last one has it not guys 
apologies for the delay since the last uh, last recording. We had to wait for James Hurl to get some runs in the first before we could do a recording. Um, <laughs> I'm not in a good position. I didn't play at the weekend. James got runs in the first, and Andy got a fifer, so I'm going to be fairly quiet. <laughs> you say, you say, we say that though, Andy. It's uh, it's quite nice, but um, if you actually look at it, we're all we're all kind of in form. But by the time this goes up. Things can change. Let's talk about Josh's uh, season so far, Andy. Well, I heard a, a small rumour that uh, he'd scored 100 this season. And for, for quite a while, um, he uh, he was top of the runs. So uh, you've not done so bad yourself, Josh. I was never top of the runs in, the, in the, all the leagues. But uh, yeah, I, I did got a for our thirds. No disrespect to that standard, but it's a little bit easier. So yeah, I've got, got, I've got a well, It must be. Yours <laughs> 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 now, well done, Josh. A ton in any league's great. I did, I did enjoy it. I did enjoy yeah. it. There's yeah. Many, there's many have never done it, so uh, it's something to uh, really cherish and enjoy. Including yours truly. And uh, yeah, and uh, a 50 for the twos as well, Josh. Yeah, it's, been a, it's been a good season for the Cow Corner boys. Yeah. Well, across anyone who's recorded a podcast this season, let's say, because, uh, well, Jamie's not been, uh, well, well, we'll talk about Beacon and everything that's been going on with Jamie this season. Well, he's the non-player member, isn't he? He doesn't, he doesn't play. <laughs> well, he hasn't even t- he hasn't he hasn't turned up to a podcast for a while. But um, yeah, so if you if you are interested in taking Jamie's spot, uh, throw you in, throw your CV into, <laughs> into our messages. Uh, we're only joking, Jamie, uh, but we're not really. Um, anyway, <laughs> anyway, so like we said, it's been quite a while since we last been on, and we've asked you for some topics. So we are going to go through some of the topics that you suggested that we talk about tonight, along with some of our own that we want to bring up as well as going through our league reviews and all other bits. So tonight's podcast, it will be well worth the wait. Anyway, here's what's coming up on tonight's podcast. On episode 24 of the Cow Corner podcast, we answer your questions and topics. We debate the hot topics in Shropshire cricket, regionalisation, 40 overs, win-lose. Will they continue? What will happen to the cricket tee? Clubs conceding games. The indoor season. We review the Shropshire versus Shropshire Cricket League exhibition match. We get Andy's take on the game as we review that. All the leagues, all the action, all the latest topics and all the big debate points on another bumper episode of the Cow Corner Podcast. So like we said, it's been quite a while since we recorded our last podcast. And well, the last time we recorded was before the season had started. So we're going to bring up some of the questions that a lot of people have asked and want us to bring up. Um, So first of all, how do we feel the season has gone? And one of the main questions a lot of people have brought up is the format for next season. So what I'd like to know is what what your thoughts are. How how do you think the season's gone, and how do you think it may impact on what may happen next season? Uh, well, I thoroughly enjoyed cricket this year. Um, obviously, me and Joss and yourself all spoke about it pre-season. Uh, we we didn't expect to play any cricket, did we? Um, the government brought the guidelines out um, that we could play cricket after a U-turn. That's um, exactly right. And to, to me, any game is a bonus because yeah. in in March or April, whenever I was thinking. That's We're not going to play any. Enough, yeah. so every game's been a bonus, really. It's uh, it's been interesting. I I got to say, I quite like the format. 
a lot of people have brought it up and we will be discussing this obviously tonight um but yeah just just to get out there and play a bit of cricket enjoy myself um yeah it's been been great fun and yeah and really the appreciate the, the league sorting it generally been alright as well hasn't it so we've not been affected too much by the weather we've been very lucky been it wasn't very nice in lockdown though was it when it was absolutely gorgeous every Saturday <laughs> I remember when we went into lockdown the whole will we won't we play this season so looking back on it it's it, it's been fantastic to play I think we'd all agree and when that weather was amazing in the start of the season you did you, there, I, I, I think there's a lot of people out here who are probably thinking I bet you when we start, it'll piss it down the rest of the season. But luckily, it hasn't. And I think it's only been one or two weeks where it may have. But even still, we kind of got games in. Now, something I'd be interested to talk about, because it has been something that we've brought up before. And it has been something we brought up on other podcasts. And even on our new Birmingham League podcast, we kind of brought up as well, is the format for this season of 40 overs and win-lose cricket in Shropshire cricket. Now, obviously, win-lose is something that, Andy, you have yourself championed, and Josh, you were quite the advocate for win-lose draw, but do we think that this could be kind of... Do you think that this season has kind of won over a few more people on the win-lose? And Andy, as someone who plays premiership cricket, could you see 40 overs being the future? I think it would be quite interesting if they had another vote at the end of this season to see, as you just said there, I think some people may have changed their minds on, on win-lose or win-lose draw. Uh, personally, I, st- I I quite like what the league did for the last couple of years when it's half half win-lose and half win-lose draw because you get a taste of both. Because, um, you know, you have to style your, the way you play your game slightly differently depending on the format. And, and to me, that worked. Um, if it had to be all one or all the other, I would still choose win-lose draw. But I think there's more fans of win-lose than there are of win-lose draw. And I think there'll be even more following this season. So I think it'd be interesting if the league did have another vote at the end of this year. Mm. I think it could prompt them to, to go all win-lose. I think I think the thing is, Joss, I think we do follow the Birmingham League. So uh, whatever the Birmingham League decide to do, uh, I'm pretty sure the Shropshire League will follow. Um, I agree totally with what you say about the win-lose draw uh, format. And I think next season... It, there's going to be a lot of thinking for the league committee. Um, me personally, obviously playing in, in the Prem, I think we should be playing it now after this season. I think it's a real good um, good look at how teams approach it. And it's, it, I think it's much better cricket. You've got to win. You go out to, to win every game. You can't sit there and, and, and go for a draw. Uh, and and the, they've got to look at the bonus point scheme as well. Obviously this season, I, I, I haven't really paid much attention to it, to be fair. Obviously we've just gone out to win. But... Um, Obviously, that makes a big difference. You've got to pick your points up if you lose games. Um, but yeah, I, I still think lower leagues probably should stick with the 50 uh, 50. But yeah, it's a, it's a good debate, isn't it? I've, I mean, I've enjoyed it more playing just win lose cricket. So much easier for me and so much better, I, in my opinion. Mm. Yeah, I, as, as someone who plays lower leagues and things like that, I would. Used to. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, cheers, Joss. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, as someone who's experienced playing lower league cricket, then I I would I'd be more of the inclination that that would be lo- win lose rather than the win lose draw if they were to go anyway. I think I think it's been so much better, especially like Albury twos this season as prime example have been turning up to teams and winning. But if you actually look at some of the results, you know, even though they bowled out some of the sides, there have been some sides who they haven't quite bowled out, but they've still convincingly beat and it's 
you, you come away from the game feeling a lot better. But it, yeah, I, I'd be interested to see what other people think. But I definitely think that you could probably bring win lose in at least up until probably Division Three. And then if you were to look, if they were to keep it, like you said, following the Burnley structure, you could keep that from Division 2. So then you've got 2, 1 and Prem who were playing that win-lose draw. That could be something that we look at. But again, like something we're going to talk about later, it could it could work out that where do we cut off these points I and where the things I move do, I forward. just do think that you can have a, a really close game and that you're, the number of points you get if you're on the losing side of a win-lose game doesn't accurately reflect how close it can be. I think that's why I'm an advocate of win-lose draw because you do get rewarded more. With the percentages, obviously, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. I can I can understand that. I, I completely understand everyone's view on that as well. And I don't think the last few seasons uh, when they brought it in 50-50 have been any issue. I, I mm. enjoy both. You, you know the situation in the game before you play it, don't you? And you play to the situation in the game. But um, a few people I've spoke to I've talked about development of youth and learning to bat the long game and digging in at the end. But I just feel that you can learn a different way and learn to play shots and learn to play cricket. Like, do, do you know what I mean? I think some kids go through development at youth cricket and they're batting, say, 10, 11 uh, or 9, 10, 11. And they're just digging in. They're not learning any cricket. They're not learning to play shots. And uh, you do watch a lot of these lads and they go up through their cricket and say they go up to a first team in, say, the Prem or Division 1 and they didn't know how to bat and I thought I had that at Reynolds didn't I I couldn't bat couldn't hold a bat to save my life did I when I was younger and I don't think it helped my development really as well because I like to play my shots and I, I never learned until I moved to Kund really mm. so I, I definitely think it's brought a different element to the game you know when you either got to set a score and defend it or you've got to or you've got to chase it and whether you're three down four down like Overbury this year uh, like our twos versus Ponsbury Overbury twos versus Ponsbury twos Overbury twos batted second and were 30 for 3 off about 18 or 19 overs or something like that with 21 overs to go win lose draw who's to say that Overbury twos just go look we'll dig in here and try and get a draw out of it but because it's win lose they they then have to go for it and end up smashing it in the final half and win the game. Have you actually just brought that game up because you scored runs in it? <laughs> well, surely, no, surely not more than one. <laughs> <laughs> well, but but it's it's also it's I think it mainly because obviously you 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 can associate with games that you play in and for me that was something that I could. For me, that is the reason of why win lose is so good because. Mm-hmm. It shows that at, at halfway point, in another game, I've played in games where I've come into bat and my my the other bats at the other end has gone or bats person at the other end, sorry, um, has come in and said, look, let's just dig in. Let's just try and not lose this game. Whereas when it's win-lose, it's right, we've got to win. And you either, you're either in the pub earlier or you've won. Yeah, I, I do see that side of it. I played in a game, I may mention this on the podcast before, some years ago, it's Wellington Force. Four of them who were chasing just shy of 300 and 40 overs and win lose draw and we closed on about 160 for no wicket it was just a a rubbish game of cricket you know i don't think we got any draw points at all and had that been win lose we'd have had a bit more of an incentive to to hit the ball a bit more 
but it was just it was an awful game of cricket. Yeah, I, it's it's been it's been a funny one because, um, like we're going to talk a bit later, like about obviously all the leagues and how teams are getting on. Yeah. But being from Sentinel, um, I always thought we'd be a team that would really do well with like win lose cricket. And, we're not uh, some big hitters. We, we? we really yeah. haven't chased well this season no. at all. We've been we've been terrible, and we're going out there. Um, we were having slow starts, and it's putting our batsmen under pressure in the middle order, and it, it's and we've been losing too many wickets. And you know whether or not it's because we're used to playing win lose draw cricket in the middle, I don't know. But you know it's it's been something that has been awful this year. We've not chased well whatsoever. We, I think it's our first mm. win at the weekend. Was it's the first time we've we've chased and won out of five. I think. I, I, I think when we're talking about win-lose cricket, we're always talking about rewarding teams who get close to the win but don't quite get there. I think there could be something that you could learn, obviously, from the rugby kind of end, where, you know, if you look, if you, like in, isn't it like Six Nations in the Premier League, tries, if, you, you, get if you, bonus point. you get bonus points for so many points, but also you get points for losing close and mm-hmm. things like that so i mean if there were if there are points for like say you lose within 20 runs or something you get an two extra two wickets, yeah but couldn't, yeah. Could, couldn't you have a percentage uh point system for losing a game mm-hmm. because yeah, yeah it, it, it sort of does but the loser gets the point extra mm. for losing the game you could do that surely there's a way you yeah, could do that um without having to you know because obviously well, that would penalise the team who that, wins that would also mean sure you'd have league, to score more I'm runs I'm sure the league have got enough on their plates without having to think about yeah. point systems but yeah something, something that we something that we brought up obviously is the 40 overs and I, I think it's been a fantastic thing and something that also ties into this is something that I think has been fantastic and I really hope moves on to next season 12 o'clock starts 12 o'clock starts 40 over cricket I think has been a revelation for me as someone who I'll get up early. I can do everything that I want on a. It's not everyone I understand, but for me, from my perspective, and I understand some people work in the morning and things like this. But for me, I get up, I get my stuff done, I get everything together, and by the time I've got it all together, it's time to leave, so rather than kind of having to feel like I have to get everything, and then I'm sat around for an hour in the house wondering what can I do in between the hour. But then also. If the game plays out and it's a good game of cricket, you're done at a decent t- time. If the game's done early, oh, you've got the whole afternoon to yourself. And what have you thought about it? Well, going back to what you said earlier, you said you get up early. What time did you get up when we played quite away a couple of years ago? <laughs> Changed jobs though. Now I'm no longer and I'm no longer a DJ who ends up getting home at like five in the morning. But yeah. That, <laughs> I think I think I got up at about probably about quarter to one. Uh, so probably about an hour after you meant to pick me up. He, yeah. yeah, isn't this just an Albury thing that everyone turns up late? <laughs> I mean, uh, on, on this subject is a subject that I haven't heard anything negative about whatsoever. Oh, four to four um, to well, well, for, for me the four, the forty over thing. I would I gotta say, I still think playing prem cricket. I'd like to play fifty overs. I I would. Uh, but you've got to start at twelve o'clock because one o'clock you end you end up playing so late. I mean, this season I know it's been forty overs, but we've been finishing at like five o'clock every week, and it's been absolutely amazing. I mean, we had a couple of games where there were three thirty finishes, and we're in the pub. And that's where stopping to sanitise the ball every six. Yeah, well, exactly. And it's it's it has been really good. And I mean, to be fair, um, as as Grasshopper's secretary uh, and obviously you former captain, 
we have been playing at 12 o'clock on quite a few Sundays and that's been even better as well mm. so teams are sort of getting used to it and they're enjoying it so yeah. it's, it's a massive positive and I think it's something that's got to stay without a doubt oh, 100% and I think obviously if you're playing the 50 over game then obviously you can do that earlier start and things like that and obviously the lower down you go as well teams aren't mm. necessarily going to be turning up an hour before and training and things like that but then again it's it's just better it gets the day done and also kind of thing like for people who have partners as well it's kind of at a point where you finish the game and if your partner is someone who likes to join you at the pub afterwards and things like this you know it's not too late for them to, they feel as though they can get involved and it's just it's just a better sociable time you you, you feel like you you've still got some of your day if you want it if you if you finish early you can still if you if you don't want to go to the pub after you can go home and still have the rest of the year Saturday afternoon and uh, it, I think in the long run, it could increase participation as obviously the amount of time it takes up in the day is a massive thing. But yeah, obviously talking about that, another thing about the, the way that the game's gone and something that people have spoken about is cricket tees. Now, cricket tees, obviously, this is something that has also kind of come in with the fact that, well... It's linked to the fact that the game's finishing early because people are bringing their own teas. Um, people can eat them when they want, in theory. Um, but it's also because of the 20-minute turnaround rule. The game is literally finishing the first innings and it's getting turned around and people are ready on there. And I think in some clubs' cases, less money being spent on having to buy in a Colum Deli, for example, and things like that. So... What's it, what? What are our thoughts on that? Do you, like just like the win lose, do you think it will change people's opinion on on whether cricket tees should be used or not? Well, I, I honestly don't think we'll go back to having cricket tees, which, which is a shame in a way because it's one of the traditions and it's also one of the reasons I joined Old because they do very good teas. But um, and also when you say about the twenty minutes, we don't even need that now because the batting team can yeah, but I think when they want. I think it really is an umpire break. <laughs> because the umpires can go to the toilet have something to eat because um, I was going to say I've really enjoyed no teas um, I know I'm a big lad and I like my food but I've really enjoyed knowing the fact that there's no teas I've been eating through the batting innings so I, I've had my food I'm all done and I go into bowling feeling like okay because sometimes I used to bowl and I used to think oh I've got a bit too much tea here especially at Alberbury, Frankton and clubs like that that have lovely teas you do overindulge, don't you? So, mm. as a bowler, it's a nightmare. So, uh, yeah, and with all the, the the modern day rules on hygiene and you know having having mm. run a pub previously and knowing what qualifications people meant to have, I'm amazed we've had teas for as long as we have. If I'm honest with you, because mm. um, all the kitchen should in theory have all these hygiene certificates. It's, I was so. going to say it's it's tradition over here, obviously, but um, when I played in Australia and I talked to George Cheshire about it as well, they don't really have. Mm. teas in Australia they do literally snacks you walk in you have a quick snack there's like a couple of little I don't know they do little uh, pies and stuff only only small and you drink as much as you can obviously it's hot over there and you're just straight back on the pitch mm. there's no messing around and it, it does save time and you know you're in the pub earlier aren't you do you, do you think in a post well and I say post Covid world we don't know how long post Covid world is it could be 15 20 years it could be one year it could be two months it could be Lord knows, but do you think in a post-COVID world where it may be acceptable to eat other people's food, for example, that it 
it becomes optional maybe so that the clubs can choose whether they play a tee so like the week before they'll be like right we are putting a cricket tee on so you don't have to bring your tees or a club will go uh, we're not going to provide a cricket tee this week uh, for you. you well, Frankton better get it sorted. You know if I mean? it is optional, Frankton better get their tees on <laughs> for next season, yeah, without really, a doubt. I just think it's going to be no tees. I really do. I, I agree with you, Joss. I actually do think it's... I think a lot of stuff this season has been actually quite good, possibly for the, the league committee to look at, because there is two or three things we're talking about that I think are so much better. Yeah, good luck to the league sorting everything out. But I, I, do, I genuinely think it's a, it's a positive bringing your own food and yeah yeah because i know all of these things have been really kind of contentious and obviously there were a lot of people complaining when well when i said there was a lot of people you know one person on twitter is uh, is you know can cause a lot of like but i mean like especially with the earlier starts there were lots of people going well i i start work early and stuff like that and i guess you kind of got to listen to those people as well but it's but 12 12 o'clock 12 o'clock and one o'clock is it's I, I work in the morning. Mm. I'm self-employed. I'm, I'm lucky I'm self-employed because I can pick up and choose when I work. But um, obviously, playing for Sentinel, we get there for you've got to be there for eleven to tr- to have an hour's warm up beforehand. Mm. So it is difficult. But you know, obviously, what jobs can you work till twelve o'clock anyway on a Saturday mm. before you play cricket? And you've mm. got to travel. It's 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 a small minority of players, unfortunately. And you know, we're not. I'm not going to pick on anyone and say. You shouldn't be working Saturday mornings, but some people will have to do it. But you know, if you change the rules, you've got to change your shift, or you've got to change mm. what you do. You yeah, know? I think yeah, going back to the tea thing, I think if you've got a couple of clubs who've got a good relationship, like I don't know, over in Knocking or Cumbrian Centre, you can have a barbie or something afterwards, mm-hmm. and you know, have a catch and then maybe make a few quid that way and socialise that way instead of having the tea and let people know. Yeah, yeah, massively. And one of the final things that people wanted us to bring up which is all linked into the newer kind of rules and regs and this new setup that we find ourselves in, is the regionalised leagues and, well, the regionalised lower leagues. And do we think that this is a good idea? Do we think that this is something that can stay? Now, from a personal perspective, I've loved the fact that Ogilvy have played, you know, Monty, Knockit, well, not Monty, but, you know, your knockings and all that lot. And just been keeping it nice and local. You see the same people, and you can kind of got that relationship. It's nothing too, nothing too much. But also, obviously, it has its benefits in the COVID kind of era. If like certain area gets locked down, it doesn't lock off the whole league, for example. Mm. But I, I, I think I've really enjoyed it. I, but uh, do you uh, think yeah. it's something that could be done? I think, um, obviously, post COVID, it, it's going to be interesting to see what they do. But I think they'll go back to normal. Um, but it is something for next season that they know it now works, don't they? Well, I think if, I think um, forgiving is the wrong word, but the, the league will be certainly allowed to get away with what they've done this year because it was yeah we're all grateful to be playing cricket. But I think there's some clubs that have probably been a bit hard done by by the regionalisation, even the lower leagues. Yeah, there's some um, clubs that have struggled. Probably, probably would rather go back to playing the same sort of standard. Um, I won't mention other clubs at all, but and I'm not criticising the league in any way at all. Yeah. But I think they should go back to. Um, I'm pretty sure, Joss, it's going to go back yeah. to going to go back to normal. The leagues yeah. are the leagues. Yeah. Yeah. They've set them up for the start of the season, yeah. didn't they? Beforehand, it should go well, back well, to that. I say again, they have done a fantastic job this year. Of, of yeah, hats off to them. Yeah. Out, yeah, it's been brilliant. 
Yeah, I think it's definitely going to be interesting. I think, especially in the, I think it could be something that happens in the lower leagues, and you know, could could it be Eastern? Could you merge Div Five, Six, and merge Seven and Eight, for example, and then having kind of a Div Five and a Div Six, but have a Div Five East and West and a Div Six East and West, for example, and then you've and then you kind of have the winners of the league play each other, and then whoever goes up goes into Div Four, and whoever and the two teams that come down from Div Four then come into that division, and then they again work it out on geography again. So if two Telford teams, for example, came down from Div Four, it's all someone, about, it's, someone would move over from the west side. It's a very difficult thing they'd have to do so, to so sort that out. It, yeah. it sounds it sounds interesting, but it's something that I just don't think the league could could ever work it's too much hassle and um obviously it's when they started the league changed the uh changed the leagues didn't they uh when it went back to uh obviously prem one uh two and the Birmingham league clubs come down and they said within two years it'll all settle well it will settle down and the clubs will be in the right places and to be fair i know the regionalized stuff has been done for covid but i'm, I'm one of them that loves playing away from home at clubs that are you know 40 minute drive away I, I like playing at different clubs so mm. I don't think it needs to stay really in my opinion um, I mean I mean, something that's, something that's been massive this year and you've definitely noticed in the bigger clubs well you've definitely noticed in some of the bigger clubs and actually to be honest having said that I won't generalise it it's, it's been across most clubs from what I've heard is availability of players now availability of players that's like do you think that that's been because of obviously the situation that we're in or do you think it's been down to that regionalisation? If it's down to that regionalisation, does that mean that it's a good idea to maybe do it in the lower leagues where they're, you know, you have got a lot of one-team teams and two-team teams, for example? But has the availability been better? I've heard it has been in some clubs. And obviously, you know, I, you've got I, lots of... I, lots don't, I don't think it has been... I mean, Sentinel's been pretty good this year, yeah. I must say. It has been very good, but we're very, we are very strong first and I mean, second. Yeah, Armour's been very good as well. Yeah. I know some games have been conceded. There has been games conceded. I, I just think at the end of the day, we didn't think we were going to play much cricket. The early starts are good. We're talking about all the positives here. There's a lot of players that might say, oh, do you know what? I like the 40 over game. I like the 12 o'clock start. They're all playing because, you know, we didn't expect to play any cricket. There's nothing much else going on, is there, in the world, really? I know football's only just got back. I, I don't think it's anything to do with the regionalisation of, of, of games. Personally. Okay. I mean, okay. Shelton lost a few players, decided they weren't going to play this year. Um, I know a few teams have conceded games because of lack of availability. So I'm not, I know what you're saying. I think the Oldbury have been blessed as well with availability, despite some of our key players not being available as much as we'd like. Um, as you say, Sentinel have been lucky, but. I don't think it's, it's not a universal approach. Yeah, talking to this, obviously talking about uh, conceding, it's been one of the things that some some people wanted to bring up about. People wanted our quick opinion on obviously Beacon first eleven and Bowmere's first eleven both conceding games this season and uh, general thoughts about that. Obviously, these are probably things that are not going to be allowed next year. But what are our thoughts, Andy? I can understand what um, what Beacon were on about when I spoke to a few of the lads that came to watch the. Uh, I think it was the actually the only three available players um, for the first team when they come around the pitch. They put they were in the same situation last year when they played Schiffnell, and there was lack of availability and they they got a hammer in. But the only thing I would say is I I can't see how a team can have a 
you know a second team available and can't fulfill a first team fixture is my yeah, opinion as you said under normal league rules that wouldn't that be wouldn't right. yeah but I mean, the I, league I, the I, league have obviously like let them do this I've never played at Sheffield I would love to play at Sheffield yeah exactly yeah. I'd almost with my reputation I'd have changed clubs to play that game if they can yeah. I totally agree it's, I, and it's, it's one of them things where I mean it, it's the club going oh we're going to get a dicking well it, it's cricket you're going to have to play yeah, cricket on the Saturday defense, they've, had, they've had a tough draw though. Mm. they've have, got, yeah. got five strong teams they're all Telford or further but at the end of the day if the first team had played the second team wouldn't have played and Shrewsbury would have had a fixture loss so what someone's got to lose somewhere if there's mm. some, a game conceded somebody's got to lose cricket does does this for Beacon obviously this conceded game I think it's obviously with Bowman Heath uh, it was just a case that they had a cinema event on didn't they so they didn't have the game on uh, but with I mean with the Beacon thing does it obviously we've got lots of friends who have played for Beacon here and you know but do you think it sets a dangerous precedent for the future of the club? You know, obviously, first eleven conceding games and having struggled this season. Do you think you know? No, I think I think under normal league conditions they wouldn't have done it. They wouldn't have done it. No, I completely yeah, agree. Yeah. But I mean, I mean, I mean, if if you're be, if you're beacon first eleven player, what what would be going through your mind after this season? And I'm pretty sure the lads that were available would be very disappointed. You would be, wouldn't you? Yeah. You, you want to yeah, play, play cricket on a Saturday? Exactly. I mean, the lack of cricket we've had this year. And, Obviously, the Boma situation, I haven't really read into it too much. I know that they booked a cinema event. And they did ask the league, I think, I think they asked the league to accommodate that as well. Exactly. I, I understand. Yeah. Um, but again, I, I, the ones I feel sorry for are the clubs that are let down uh, who are available to play on a Saturday. Mm. You know, shift nil at the weekend, would have wanted to play cricket. You know, no matter who you're playing, mm. even if you're playing a, a team you're going to you know, fly all over. You want to play cricket, then that's what we're here for. That's what we play for. That's what we do this pod for, cricket. Yeah. So it is disappointing. And uh, basically, finally, rounding off this before we go on to our next topic, which is something that uh, you all asked for, but I think we need to give it a bigger, bigger segment than the rest of this has had, really, um, is talking about the conceded games. I think we've been quite lucky that we've only really lost two, well, when I say two, Two clubs have lost weekends, and those being due to COVID safety, that being Lillishaw and Shrewsbury. Yeah, um, obviously, he uh, was quite disappointed to hear the, the Shrewsbury one, obviously, being a Sentinel player and not playing that week. Um, I don't, there was, wasn't much to play for in the end, anyway, as, as it works out. But uh, yeah, it's always disappointing, as I say, for, for the lads that miss out a game of cricket. It's, it's quite massive, especially in a short summer. Um, it's, it is very disappointing, but. Mm. Again, it's it's got to be done. If if there's even a suspected case of COVID, you're much better calling a game off than everyone catching it, aren't you? So yeah. uh, it's Beacon maybe could have played the COVID card on Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we could have done actually. Yeah, I'll tell you what. Future future reference. Just think about that. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, it's you know it's, it's I think it's quite lucky, and, and also everyone's still safe and healthy from what we, from what we hear anyway. And it, yeah, and. It, for me, obviously, with these new rules that are coming in, obviously six people in a in an enclosed space, and obviously the restrictions that can be coming on in in Wales, and how that may affect pavilions towards the end of the season, it does throw up some question marks about the incoming indoor season, Joss. Yeah, I'm not convinced we're going to have an indoor season. Um, fair play to Adam Phillips; he's he's got everything set up for Sundorn, and Simon Dodds has been in touch about Mary Webb. Um, and he's, Adam's even got the fixtures in place uh, scheduled to start I think it's uh, two weeks yesterday 
whether or not we will, I'm not sure. I, I'm really not sure with the, with the case mm. is going up or down. So we'll see. Yeah, it'll be it'll definitely be interesting. And again, any indoor cricket, even if it starts halfway through, it'll be again it'll just be nice to have some cricket and if we can run our cow corner nets like we did last season we will also let you all guys know um and yeah let's hope after this goes out that we can finish the season and it all goes well but anyway so next up we're going to be talking about the shropshire cricket game when they turned up and played the shropshire county cricket league so a few months ago it was announced that the shropshire county cricket side um would end up playing the Shropshire County Cricket League much to the surprise of many people um and it's kind of kept well under the radar it was roundly welcomed across the whole of Shropshire cricket and obviously with everything that's going on became kind of like a big exhibition piece and something which a lot of people whether they were involved with Shropshire cricket or not were quite interested in it brought everyone who's part of the Shropshire County Cricket League together, all behind the Shropshire County Cricket League team, who we'll just call the Shropshire League side, uh, just, <laughs> just for the ease of it. And then obviously you've got all the people who are used to following the Shropshire County Cricket Club and all of their followers, and obviously people who follow Birmingham League Cricket, uh, invested in what the Shropshire side was and how the Shropshire side would come up against the, the Shropshire League team. And uh, yeah, it was a lovely day at Whitchurch and I had the benefit of going down and being able to uh, live stream the game on uh, Facebook and we've had over 2,000 people watch the game of cricket over both innings and uh, we even had quite a few podcast hosts taking part including our one Andy Harrison in the league side and obviously in the, the Shropshire side we had our Birmingham League podcast hosts and before we get onto the game itself the first bone of contention was obviously who to pick in the side and obviously James Ralph Shropshire County Cricket Club a legend one of the main men one of the selectors one of the Shropshire League committee as well was tasked with selecting a side and a side he selected Andy and one that you were a part of and when did you find out about the call did you find out before the game was released or did you find out just after uh, yeah I, I, I actually had a nice message off uh, James Ralph and Jamie Dowley um, uh, Jamie gave me the heads up that James Ralph was going to ask me and uh, James Ralph uh, messaged me and uh, yeah to my delight I was picked for the team and I was never going to say no it was um something I had a, a real interest around uh, I, I remember playing league um, Shropshire League cricket um, quite a few years back uh, and and it was nice I mean obviously getting a chance to play against Shropshire against players you've never played against before was, was always going to be a great challenge and something I'd love to do um, I just love my cricket so you know it was a big bonus for me really Yeah and I mean in an era of world 11s you know and obviously in the in the nfl and things like that in american sports you kind of get like east versus west and things like that and have like an eclectic all-stars it it kind of had that feel to it and it kind of obviously for players who play in the shropshire county cricket league something that i was saying to someone else is technically if you are good enough you could have made the team and obviously shows by the inclusion of someone called like well connor glenn denning for example you didn't necessarily have to play in the prem to be involved in the game, which obviously was, first of all, for a lot of people who play in the Prem, from what I heard, was a bit of a dubious decision. But um, anyway, what what were your thoughts on the uh, on the selection of the players? 
Um, well, actually, um, we, we might go through some stats in a bit, but pretty much most of the team, well, all of the team bar one are Prem cricketers. And all of them this season seem to be doing very well. And Connor Glendening in Division 2, playing for Chell Marsh, um, is doing very well himself. So not not one of the players in that 11 have done badly this season. They've all done very, very well. Um, obviously, you look at the inclusions, everyone's going to say their thing. And that's one thing I really don't like about social media is there was a lack of, oh, well done, so-and-so, well done, so-and-so. You know, you've done a great job, you deserve your place. There's never any of that, unfortunately. There is more, why isn't so-and-so playing? Why isn't he playing? Uh, and it was upsetting to see that. I mean, I, I loved it because a lot of my friends messaged me saying, congratulations, hope you have a great game. Uh, we'll try and make it and have a look. Um, but I, I can't see many players on that team sheet that shouldn't be included in the team. And it was also great to have a look at the likes of Connor Den Glenning playing at a lower level because... I'm pretty sure there'll be teams out there that want to sign him now because he, mm. he he did look the part. So, yeah, I mean, obviously we'll go on to the game itself in a bit, but he was he did not look out of place. I didn't think, and you wouldn't have thought to yourself if you'd have said, "Out of this whole team, there's one player who plays Division Two and the rest of the Prem," he would probably be one of the last people you would have picked. And yeah, I think obviously look like you said, you've p- players picked on form, but also I think. A lot of it was to do with having a look at players and seeing if they can play up to the standard. I don't know what you thought about the about the selection, but it, for me, it, you know, apart from a few players, it was a youthful side and players who you think in the future they may be looking at players who could end up in the development structure squads or players who they'd be looking at to see whether they, you know, like Craig Keith, who may not be young, but players who maybe they could drop into the side possibly. Yeah, definitely. Um, w- without a doubt, playing alongside, I'd say, three or four of the players, um, especially the youngsters of the team, uh, there's there's no reason why they shouldn't get a chance playing for Shropshire. Um, I do like looking at the Shropshire County cricket side now and seeing the amount of players that that have played in Shropshire Prem cricket. Uh, obviously, obviously, Connor played from a lower league, but... A lot of lads from the Shropshire Prem have been picked recently. I mean, I've seen, I've watched Craig, obviously being a good friend of Craig's. Uh, I've been to watch him play for Shropshire a few times. Dave Laird's obviously playing, um, and Ryan w- uh, Wilden will will be playing Shropshire cricket, and you know, in the development side. So it's just great to see youngsters from our league playing because I, yeah. I, I mean, a few years ago you wouldn't have seen them. It would have been pretty much Shrewsbury Cricket Club, yeah, with a with a few Bridge North lads, and that, that, that's pretty much it really. So it is yeah. nice to see. And I mean, like I mean, like the other day as well. It was you know they had the development game which Luke Thornton was a part in. You know, you know we had a few comments saying about what what he did or didn't get to do in that game. But you know, it's still nice to see these players involved. Him, Dave Laird, all that lot. You know, and we'll go on to talk about the game in in a couple of minutes. But yeah, it was yeah no, it was a good it was a good team. Interesting selection. So we had Windy Miller, Ryan Weldon. Connor Glendenning, Tom Pickerel, Ben Miller, Craig Heath, Sam Paps, Luke Thornton, Dave Laird, yourself, Andy, Captain Sam Griffiths, who's obviously had it, that experience for Shropshire, and uh, Gareth Jones. So we'll start with the day itself. I turned up 
to uh, to film. And the first thing I was quite surprised with that you won the toss and elected to bat. Uh, yeah, quite an interesting one. Um, really, um, looking at the Shropshire side and the way they played so far this season, uh, they haven't had a, a win this season uh, up until then. Uh, and I think a lot of our lads are informed with the bat. Uh, pretty much our whole top order were informed with the bat. So I think that was a big thing. I think James wanted to bat first, uh, and Sam agreed. And, you know, it was live and die by the sword you know we, we went in and just had a go um, and I, I think we we definitely didn't do as well as we should have mm. um, especially with the quality we have in the team so it was disappointing we, we under underperformed with the bat but it's one of them decisions I mean yeah it, it's a difficult one I've got to say it was mm. difficult but I, I can't disagree with it because everyone's in form but then in another way you're playing Shropshire and you're not playing a a prem side, you know, mm. it's it's it was very difficult. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's a it's it's a, it's a day which, obviously, if you're if I, I I personally, I think it's a great idea, and I you know, and for both side for both for both sides moving forward, you know, Shropshire don't necessarily have to put out their first eleven every time; they can put out some of their development sides and things like this. And but also, it'd be a good way to see which players from the league can are up for the test and things like this. But also. You know, I I don't I wasn't playing obviously because I'm nowhere near good enough. But obviously, I guess if you know that the game is gonna be more regular, maybe that gets rid of some of the nerves. Players play slightly different. I mean, watching it, Windy Miller, Chris Miller goes quite early. LBW often not a great start, and then you know Ryan Weldon, Connor Glenn Denning start batting well, and then. Ryan, looking comfortable as well as Connor, he, he runs I, himself out, and I, I thought think that he was looked, he looked the the best. I actually think he looked the pick of the batsman of the whole day. Mm. I think he looked very comfortable. Um, unfortunately, he ran himself out. It was just a naive young youngsters thing to do. It just happens in cricket sometimes. He had a, a little fog of the brain and uh, and ran himself out. But I thought he looked the most comfortable of the whole day. Unfortunately, so uh, that was disappointing. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. Like we said, he was looking good. Him and Connor. You know, like we said before, Connor didn't. For me, I don't think he you you would have known he was div two. And then, obviously, Ryan goes out. In comes Tom Pickerel, someone who has been in imperious form for a Weirfield side who we'll go on to later, but haven't been performing as well as they would have liked. I would I would say, and he was unlucky and chopped on. Then Ben Miller tries a sweep and gets given LBW. Ben Miller at the time leading run scoring the Prem in Shropshire Prem cricket then that brought in Craig Heath now Craig Heath and Conor Glendening this this is the big partnership because you well the league you'd lost some quick wickets and you know like we said with the Ryan Weldon and the Conor Glendening partnership that looked like it could be the one that set the standard and then obviously he goes out and then Tom Pickerel starts to look good and then chops on but then it was really this Glendening Heath partnership that I thought was going to be the one that would start to set the score and take the game away from them. Yeah, um obviously losing losing Tom and, and Ben for very little was was frustrating. The higher mid lord had gone. Um everyone knows the ability Craig's got. Uh, he took a little bit of time getting in. Um but then he, he looked pretty comfortable himself and Connor 
he was in by then and, and yes he, he took a lot of balls to get his 28 but he did exactly the job he needed to do and he got the singles got Zimmer on strike and Zimmer's the, the boundary hitter um, but again uh, like losing Connor then for, for 28 and, and, and Craig for 30 you know I was hoping to watch them back for another 10 overs at least yeah. and it, it was lovely to watch so uh, it was a bit frustrating when they got out yeah I think it was a case of you know players getting themselves in even you know or getting themselves to a position where they look comfortable and not really kind of going on. Craig, very unlucky to kind of get that bottom edge. And mm-hmm. he was that the revert, the switch hit Super. for the big six over mid on. I was it, disappointed, to be honest with you. Last <laughs> season in the midweek, he hit 11 out of 12 for six. And uh, yeah, lately he hasn't been hitting them for six. He's been hitting them for four. So it's, mm. it's just not good enough, is it really? But then after that, two quick those two quick wickets, and then Sam Paps and Luke Thornton come in and do a, well. What I thought was a rebuilding job. They dug in, mm-hmm. and you're looking at the innings. And one of the other things, as well as the players not going on, something that I spoke to James Ralph about was he said the big a big thing was they didn't use up the overs. But these lads looked like they tried to, and you know both looked very comfortable. Obviously, Sam Paps batting down the order compared to what he, he does for Newport but what were your thoughts on them? Uh, yeah we've actually missed Dave Laird oh, I've got, yeah, I've got Dave, Dave Laird, Laird lower down but Dave Laird actually batted at 5 before Ben I think um, yeah. and he, he didn't get any either so the higher higher middle order did collapse for very little uh, but no Sam Pap's come in someone I've not really seen a lot of i played against him a couple of times I don't think he scored many runs against us um, but I've heard so much about him so it was really interesting to have a look at him and I was really looking forward to it and uh, Luke Thornton exactly the same haven't really seen a lot of him heard so many things he's obviously got a lot of talent he's, he's very uh, actually I couldn't believe how old he is I thought he was a lot more experienced because he, he comes across that way he's, he's a good cricketer but them too just that, that bit of youth in the, you know, the gritty youth they got in uh, and again unfortunately it just they had a wonderful partnership and they ran very well between the wickets. I think Luke hit a couple of really thunderous boundaries. Uh, but again, they just fell a little bit short and we could have done with them for another 10 overs as well, really. So mm. it, was, it was frustrating because, again, it was great to watch. Yeah, and then obviously yourself and Sam Griffiths come in. And again, both of you don't particularly look out of place. You're looking very good. I won't, I, won't, I won't blow too much smoke up your ass, but well, <laughs> I just I thought we looked comfortable, to be fair. Sam, I... No disrespect, Sam, but you've got to hit the straight ball, mate, haven't you? <laughs> Something we'll come on to later. We did, we did have a 24 <laughs> partnership at the end. You know, it took it from 150 to 174. That's a game changer. I mean, yeah, obviously, from Shropshire's perspective, they're look, they've got you 133 for, what, eight? Mm. You, you, at that point, I'm looking at the scorecard going, you could be 120, 130 all out. So to get to the score that you got to in the end, no mean feat. And... You know, obviously Gareth Jones because it's twelve, twelve man team. He he's the person who doesn't bat at the end. Well, but to be fair, if we'd have had an extra batsman at the end, if we'd have had the twelve batting, we'd have still got one seven four because I've seen Gareth bat before. <laughs> but yeah, so you, you set the total, and again, yeah, it's kind of one of those where it's you get players getting themselves in, showing promise, but not truly kind of pushing on. But again. Is that because of the lack of experience at the standard and those bowlers? And again, like we said, if it becomes more of a regular thing, do these games get a bit closer? Anyway, then it rained. Yep. And uh, which was good because it allowed me time to uh, charge my phone, which had gone dead and missed the last five 
five overs of the innings. So did, did lose all my runs. So um, yeah, I'm sorry about that, my man. But um, yeah, because of that, then obviously Shropshire came into bat, and uh, we haven't came... actually spoke about the Shropshire bowlers, by the way. Well, I yeah, was, I was very impressed with the way they bowled four spinners, mm. and I actually think on the day we were probably lacking a spinner. Yeah, I'd Con- agree. Obviously, Connor Glendenning we had uh, as a spinner, but we didn't have many spin options. Obviously, uh, Gareth Jones obviously has been phenomenal um, all season for for quad, but they had four spinners to our two, and really, I think we were just a spinner short um, yeah. because it was a very slow pitch. Uh, we've had a lot of rain for the last uh, last couple of weeks, and that did make a big difference. And their spinners they bowled superb, so you know. That yeah. was a big difference in the game, really. I do, I do agree with you on that. Actually, it was, it was a massive difference. And obviously, I was speaking to some of the Shropshire lads, uh, Ben Leeds and uh, Matty Simmons. Actually, whilst whilst they were walking around the boundary, and they said the game will, you know, it will be decided on who has the better or more spinners. Mm. And as you said, it did. And uh, yeah, so it rained, and then obviously the covers came off. And uh, yeah, it was it was a lovely day, and there was lots of people there supporting. And Whitchurch did a great job of hosting. And out came Harry Chandler, uh, someone who'd been devoid well, devoid of any form, along with Ryan Lockley, someone who had been in form for Shropshire and uh, scored uh, fifty against Worcestershire. Uh, well, the Worcestershire development side that included um, Pat Brown, wasn't it? Pat Brown, yeah, um, not a bad player, not a bad player at all. And the Shropshire League side open with Captain Sam Griffiths and yours truly, Andy. Yeah. And um, again, I thought you bowled very well and you were one of the pick of the bowlers. I think from, from an outsider looking in, I thought you and Gareth Jones, the pick of the bowlers. And uh, the game starts and do you want us to talk us through it? I think I've um, my commentary and uh, the video has gone... Well, it went quite viral, actually. <laughs> well, all I can say is I'm looking at the team... I was very pleased to be opening the bowling. Um, I do like opening, obviously. I like the new cherry. Uh, but Sammy uh, Sammy picked me in himself, obviously himself being a fantastic bowler and someone that's played for Shropshire in the past. He was definitely first choice. Uh, unfortunately, uh, bless him, he's, he struggled with injury and he, he did take a seven for on a Saturday. So uh, it was a big shame he wasn't really quite fully fit. Uh, but Luke Thornton had, took a five for on a Saturday, so he could easily have gone with Luke. Uh, but yeah, he gave me my chance. And to be honest with you, I did say before the game, I actually felt like a slower bowler could have been the issue for uh, Shropshire. And I was saying to um, to Sam before the game, Sam Whitney, that I want to see how you lot face myself bowling a little bit slower than they're used to. And and I think it, it worked really. I bowled a lot of cutters into the pitch. and I, just, I literally just bowled the ball into the pitch and it, it, it did all sorts. So... And obviously, uh, removing uh, Ryan Lockley was uh, a nice bonus for me, um, and I quite enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, nice little bold and <laughs> I, I didn't really give him a set. I just went, "You little beauty!" It, it, it moved. It moved quite a long way. So uh, at the time, I didn't want to tell Ryan it moved. I come off and I said, "No, it didn't do anything," and he, he looked all baffled. But it, it did. It did a fair bit. It hit the seam and moved a long way. Oh uh, yeah, I was. I, I was trying to be impartial with the commentary, but I think everyone who was listening could. Uh, could hear the joy of obviously someone who's one of my good friends taking a big wicket and uh, showing what he can do on a well on a well on a big stage really. And uh, someone was saying for me from Shropshire was saying that uh, 
does he mean to be bowling cutters or is it just something that he does on accident? I was like, yeah, no, he does mean to do them kind of thing. And obviously, you know, you, you didn't go for too many. And obviously then Will Parton comes in and makes a big partnership with Harry Chandler. And obviously every the other bowlers were good, but again, pretty much kind of like you were saying, they got themselves in and, mm-hmm. you know, the runs were then something that I noticed that was a big difference between the two sides with the singles, the running between yeah. the wickets, between the two sides, Shropshire were pushing the yeah. ones, kept the pressure going. Whereas the Shropshire league side let the, let the pressure build on themselves and weren't really kind of releasing the pressure by rotating the strike. Yeah, possibly um, a little bit of fitness as well, I would say. Their team's very fit. Um, watching Ryan and Harry Chandler like run together was something I've never really seen before. Um, there is partnerships in Prem Cricket. Yeah, they do run well, but it was it was to a different level, really. They were taking really sharp singles, and it was impressive. But obviously, uh, Will Parton come in, and yeah, the way they rotated the strike was 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 very impressive and something that was uh, hard to bowl to. And I really enjoyed the challenge of that. And uh, and yeah, I was I was like really happy to come away with the figures I come. I could have had a couple of extra wickets, couldn't I? Though, mm. or well, I could have had one extra wicket. A couple of drops off a Will Parton. Couple of drops in consecutive balls. I will not name anyone uh, because I like I like the lads, so I'm not going to name and shame them. Uh, but uh, unfortunately, yeah, a couple of drops. It happens in cricket, but <laughs> I actually genuinely thought if we'd have picked up a couple of wickets, then there were fifty for one. Mm. If we'd have got another wicket there, we could have we could have seen Savvy Clark finish the game off. Well, I've got to be honest, I was a bit gutted not to have a bowl at him. Actually, I was really looking forward to having a little trundle at him. But uh, yeah, as you say, the the thing is inexperience as well at times. Just you know. The thing is, I mean, obviously, I was talking about the way I bowled on the pitch. I bowled at Whitchurch a lot, mm. and uh, I've always known you've got to bowl slower, cutters, hit mm. the seam, because it is a good pitch. So you've got to do, uh, you know, something different there. Um, and we were really top-heavy with quicker bowlers, really, with the likes of Luke, mm. Dave Laird, Sam Griffiths, and, uh, and and Ryan Weldon. Apart from the spinners, they were, you know, they've got a yard of pace. So uh, it wasn't really our day. Yeah, so rounding it off, um, obviously a really good game, really competitive, and obviously we, you know, Conor Glenn Denning ended up getting the other wicket with a top edge from Harry Chandler, who'd been devoid of runs but got himself to sixty, and uh, fully deserved as well. He batted very well. You know, caught by Sam Paps, who was behind the wicket, and Will Parton, someone who didn't look in the best of form to get seventy three, is just a testament to the class of that guy. Um, but yeah looking away from the game itself kind of like what we were saying if you're looking at the league side who put their hand up for you as players who could push themselves onto that next level I mean a, a few people have said like oh you think you know you might get the call up I said that I said no I don't think so there's there's four youngsters in the team who I really felt looked looked the part at times uh, Ryan looked looked absolutely superb with the bat and I know he can do it with the ball. He hasn't done it this season much with the ball. I think he's had injuries. So, uh, you know, it's completely understandable injuries set you back. Uh, well, Craig, he's not the youngster of the team, but he, he obviously proved himself. He, he scored 30 and he does look the part. You know, it's it's a different step up though, Shropshire, isn't it? And he has done it before in the 2020. He hasn't done quite as well as he could have. Uh, but, you know, he, he's done well. Sam Paps kept very well, batted very well. Luke Thornton, got to say, he looks, looks a a little superstar in the making 18 mm. years of age taking the wickets I didn't like that someone criticised Shropshire 
for, for him batting, was it 10? 10? But the thing is, you're playing in Shropshire development. You're not playing with a group that are worse batsmen than you. you. You know, you've got to start somewhere. And even batting 10, he's still playing for Shropshire and it's development. You've got to learn to play your cricket. And that's why it's called the development team. He's got to earn his place. If he scores 10 runs and the bloke ahead of him doesn't score any for a couple of weeks, he'll be further up the order. And rightly, because he, he does look the part with the bat and the ball. And, and Dave Laird himself. Obviously, Sam has played Shropshire before. Mm. So whether or not he gets a call up again, he's a class at, but he's been injured all season. If he gets fit next year, no reason whatsoever why he won't be in a Shropshire fold. Yeah, and I think I think it's a great idea. I mean, even if Shropshire end up playing the league again, that'd be great. But also, I have heard that since obviously what's happened, a lot of people have seen the game and seen how successful it is. And there are other leagues that are local that are interested in, like the Herefordshire League. I've heard are interested in putting another, a select eleven together, and playing a Shropshire League team, maybe even in Hereford or at Ludlow or something like that. And there are you know leagues around who you could get games against, and that adds that extra dimension to it and I think is only a good thing for Shropshire cricket but anyway let's move on to our league review so now we move on to the leagues and we're going to talk about what's been going on in all the Shropshire leagues this season obviously we've had regionalized groups and groups of groups that have been split and I think overall it's been an, it's been a success, wouldn't you say, Joss? Yeah, so yeah, I think it's been good overall. I think some clubs have, have used the the this one-off year as a, a chance to experiment a little bit, um, perhaps playing mixing their first and second teams a bit more than they would normally, should we say? Um, and there's there's no harm in that at all. You know, there's no promotion or relegation involved, just a trophy up for grabs. So why not? If you can do it any season, give the youngsters. A, a chance to play at a high level, perhaps give them a bit of experience. So I think I think the leagues have shaped out really well. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean I think is that why you played in the ones, Joss? Because the youth for champ. And twos and threes. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I think as well it's been it's been interesting because it's been quite surprising. Some teams who we thought may not have done so well have done really well. Some teams who we did think would do really well have not done so well. It's been it's been quite an interesting year, Joss. Do you think that it'll be something that we can take as a judge a litmus test for next season um, I don't know I mean if if things go back to inverted commas normal next year obviously talking from Oldbridge's perspective we'll be battling with with the um, the team from the other side of our draw so we'll have Bridgenall seconds Shifnal seconds Wellington seconds Worthfield seconds um, Beacon St George's as well as the other five teams that I've also played this year um if I'm honest, I think we're the lower half of, of that group. Um, but it, it's been a good experience. You know, we, we've played ten more games than we thought we were going to play, as I said before, in April, which is which has been great. Yeah. I know some teams decided to treat it a bit less competitively. Mm. Why not? As long as they turn up, it's fine. Okay, and uh, pardon me for two seconds whilst I open my beer. Fantastic, and let's continue. Uh, Andy, what have your thoughts been about obviously the regionalisation and the groups that uh, from your overall perspective this season again yeah I can't really say much more than Joss has said though he's, he's nailed it um, surprising what a few clubs have done uh, I've been very surprised how they've done but again you know looking at the lower leagues I can't really tell you too much about them I don't know a great deal about some of the teams uh, there's been some have looked outstanding and some haven't looked as good but have they been shaking it up and playing a lot of youth and hopefully yeah it's 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 
put a lot of teams in a good place for next season, really. And uh, yeah, let's just hope this gets out of the way, COVID, and we can get on with the normal season next year and yeah, get back to, get back to normal cricket. Yeah. So the finals day for the Premier League is going to be held at Warfield. Uh, I was told by someone from Quat that it was basically either going to be held at Warfield or Quat. Uh, because they're in the same division and they realised that it was going to be one of those two who would win that league. Um, so they basically asked that it was going to be at one of those and whoever won the league, it would be hosted at the other team, whether that's true or not, or whether that's uh, Chinese <laughs> whispers. Uh, please don't um, send the hate, the Shropshire League hate mail to us. But, <laughs> but yeah, whether that's true or not, um, we don't know. But anyway... It looks like, well, actually it doesn't look like, it's going to be Wellington and Quat, Andy. Yeah, um, it was really interesting pre-season. We obviously had our chat with Wellington and Whitchurch uh, and we were all going on about who's going to be in the the final. Um, In the Mike Robinson League, Wellington are sitting uh, nice and comfortable on 164 points at the top of the table uh, with my own club, Sentinel in second, uh, Whitchurch, Shelton, fourth, Shrewsbury, and then Frankton holding the table up, unfortunately. Uh, in the Clyde Smith group, Quat, I, I'm going to say it, they are leading by a long way here. Um, I never expected that. I thought it'd be a lot closer. Um, so they're guaranteed in the final as well. So it is a Wellington Quat final. Uh, Warfield are in second on 132 behind 180. So it's a big gap. Uh, Newport, 103 points. Olskert, who looks like they've had a good season. They've won three on the bounce. Well done to them. Again, proving why they stayed up last season. They, they've got some grit and determination and a good young squad. Ludlow um, sitting in fifth. Um, and Maidley, they're, they're both one point between them um, You know, to, to finish bottom, which, uh, yeah, by the looks, I don't know if they're going through a transitional period or what, but it, it, it doesn't look like they've had a great season, unfortunately. Um, so yeah, the the leagues they've ended up the way a lot of people did guess. A lot of people said that Wellington and Quat would uh, would win. Um, but again, I think the the gaps in both groups are a lot further than I initially thought. Yeah, I mean, you look at that, and obviously you've got Quat and Wellington, two teams who you would put out there as teams who would be up there. I mean, I, I've been surprised at possibly how poorly Whitchurch have maybe done. Um, I was, you know, I'm pleasantly surprised by how well Shelton have done, a team who we said at the season, obviously they had a few players who had chosen not to play. You know, what are your thoughts on that? Obviously, we've got a lot of friends who play for Shelton. Yeah. Uh, uh, surprised well, or not surprised? Well, well, one of the things was, I mean, obviously in that group, unfortunately there was a game called off between Shrewsbury and Sentinel, which, you know, could have could have put us a lot closer to Wellington. Again, Wellington would have done it anyway, so it's not really changed the league. Um, Whitchurch, yeah, they've been pretty disappointing. They beat us at their place, uh, and, and they played pretty well. Uh, but then we played them at home, and, and they didn't do particularly well at all. So I think they've just been very inconsistent this season, if you ask me. Um, I think they've put a lot of pressure on themselves to try and win that group. Um, they were very keen, obviously, as we heard from James start of the season. Um he, he was very keen on getting them to the top of the table and getting in that final. Uh, but forgetting that, uh, Shelton, they've had a remarkable season, really. You know, 
I didn't tip them to come bottom, really. I, you know, I didn't know how they'd do. They obviously finished above Frankton in the league below uh, the season before. But I did say pre-season that they were a few batsmen short, and they are. Played against them twice. Their batting is what lets them down, unfortunately. But their bowling attack is very, very good. They have a couple of bowlers in the top. They're sec- second and third bowlers in the list at the moment in Sam and Ross Griffiths. And they've had a great season, both of them. So it just proves their bowling attack's very strong. If they bulk up a couple of batsmen next season, why why can they not do really well next season? Because mm. they have done really well. Obviously, I played Frankton. I feel sorry for Frankton. Um I'm not going to say they rely on an overseas, but the overseas does change the way they play as a, as a group, um, and they uh, and they do seem to up their game with an overseas. I don't know if it's coaching or pushing them on to play better. They have had a lack of availability as well. With Richard Parry Jones, has only just come back. I think last week when they got their first win of the season. Um, so you know, I feel a bit sorry for them, but hopefully they'll bounce back next season. And uh, I have been very impressed with Shrewsbury. Um, unfortunately, we only played them once, but they look, they've got a lot of talent there. Harry Cook uh, at the top of the order uh, looks absolutely fantastic. You've got Leah Thomas, looks looks decent. So, yeah, I, I can't see why they can't have a really good season next season. Uh, and the other group, I can't really say much about them. I, can't, I, I don't know what they've looked like, but talking to a few of the quad lads, um, I mean, Allscott, I think, have done really well as we say, but apparently Ludlow and Maidley haven't really haven't had a good season, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, it's good to see Tilty back playing for Maidley. Uh, it's an interesting, interesting move. Very good player. He's, he's back into cricket. And I also hear that Quat have, have lost James Ralph. Um, well, yeah, I won't go too much into um, the, the, the reasoning, um, but it does sound like he could be playing Prem cricket elsewhere next season, um, which, speaking about the final... It could be a big loss for Quat. Uh, maybe, you know, maybe not. They may not feel it might do, but that experience in a team in a, a cup final will be very interesting to see how they get on without him. Really. Yeah. Who do you think will be more disappointed this season in regards to their performance? Do you reckon it'll be Maidley or and or and Ludlow, or would you say Warfield being so far off Quat? I think Warfield will be uh, disappointed. I think they'll be very disappointed. They haven't pushed Quat a little more. Um, only because I know how competitive they are. They're, they're a very competitive side. Uh, and they, they're, they're in your face and, and at you. Um, Quat have been in a real good place this season. And I mean, playing with the likes of Ryan, Windy, Ben and Gareth the other day. They just seem in a good place. They seem very happy. Um and and yeah, I, I think they're in they're in probably I'd say pole position to win at the moment in the finals day. Uh, you never know, you never know what's going to happen with weather, uh, availability, injuries. Last game of the season, you just don't know. But I think they're in a very good place at the moment. On the on the well, on the opposite side of the record, Quat or Old Scott, who do you think would be happy? Obviously, Quat uh, unbeaten, but Old Scott Heath showing improvement, mm. moving up the table. Well, who, proved... who, who moving into next season do you think will be happier? Well, the, the thing is, whoever wins at a Quat and Wellington are going to turn around and say, right, well, next year we're the favourites. And that's it. So they're going to be feeling in a great place. Allscott have just come back and said, last season they nailed it, end of the season. It was brilliant. And I bet they celebrated 
for weeks. They they must have been over the moon. Well, this season they've just proved that they're good enough to stay in the league and they're good enough to fight for a place in the league every season. Mm. And they've signed really well. The likes of Luke Thornton coming through, he's 18. If, if they keep him, he's going to be even better next season. They've got the likes of Jack Case they've signed. Carl Starling is, is one of the top run scorers. Yeah, they still got it. They're still good enough. Jason Summers, uh, uh, Summers, and Jason Allen—they're all good players, and and there's no reason why they can't stay in the league and do well in the league. And in the position they're in, you know, mm. they've, they've done very well this season. So well done, Oscar. Something that I'll put to the table, and because I think it goes across the Prem, Div One, and also some of the lower leagues for some for a handful of the lower league sides. Obviously, like we've said, it's been great for bringing through the younger talent and uh, clubs finding out about players who have played in lower teams than like their, their twos or threes or fours for example moving up moving up the divisions and take you know showing that they can do it at that higher standard but apart from that do you think that this season has shone a light on which teams rely more on having an overseas I think um, it, it, it's difficult really Um I do think some of the lower clubs definitely can be quite reliant on overseas. I think, to be honest with you, the standings I don't think are much far off what I thought they would be. So, and that's with an overseas or no overseas. That, that's my general opinion. I don't think it's any different than it would be. Yeah, I, think I, don't, um, I don't pay much attention to them. Yeah, yeah. I play that standard again. <laughs> but looking at the two Division 1 leagues, the, the club that stands out to me is lacking overseas is Beacon. Yeah. They've struggled. Um, but do you think they would be in a similar position to they are now, even if they had an overseas and every other I don't club know, had one? It might have made a difference. I mean, they've, they've had a, a, you know, a yeah. bad deal with the draw, as I mentioned before. Um, so I mean, you, I think you, I think you, with you Beacon, you've got someone who, if you've got an overseas like Jack Doyle last season, he spoke to me. Podcast. Yeah, friend of the podcast. He spoke to me quite a few times last yeah. season where he was saying he felt like he had to get the runs. But also, yeah. as a Beacon player, you, you've got the overseas, so you can bat around them. And also, yeah. he was probably one of their main bowlers as well, so you bowl around him as well. So it's kind of like he's that centerpiece that you can all, you know, he can get those runs. And then if you're getting twenty. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. ...or 30s, it's not so insignificant. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't want to have a go at clubs. I really don't. I'm not, I, I'm not having a go. But... 
when we played Frankton twice, we've beaten them comfortably twice. Before the game, we've had a big warm up, and they've sat there like watching. When they have an overseas, do they warm up? Are they more up for the game? It probably does make a big difference because I'm pretty sure when you have an overseas player, they're going to want to warm up for a game. Um, so that 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 is something that can be changed. Um, I know a lot of the clubs in 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 the Prem. I do know there's there's a little bit of money goes around, and players get paid from clubs. I won't name any. I'm not that sort of bloke, but they're getting paid to perform. So it, it's very similar to having an overseas most clubs. So you do look at some of the clubs. I mean, Shelton over the years have had some great overseas. Did they have one last year? I don't think they did, did they? No, I don't think so. No, I don't think they did last year. But they, they've had some really good overseas. With like Chad a few years ago was like fantastic um, I don't think Shrewsbury have an overseas normally Frankton 100% they always get a very good overseas last year they had a real good lad he was back coming back this year as well big shame but all the other teams I mean Maidley they had Ralph Braithwaite the last few years he didn't do great great things really uh, but I mean yeah looking at them all skits overseas wasn't particularly amazing last year I think the standings are absolutely smack on, even with an overseas. I don't think it changes much. I do agree, though. You never know what you're getting with an overseas. You can get some absolute guns that come over and just completely change a team. So mm. that can happen, but I think the standings are absolutely fine. Okay, so just finishing off the Prem, do you think that where we're at this season will be a similar look to how it will be next season? Early prediction, I know. Well, I'd hope so. Um Top six teams, so if you take three from each league, I think absolutely fine. Yeah, I think all Skit have just got to carry on. They've got some good youngsters, and they'll do well. Ludlow have got to bounce back, definitely. I mean, they'll be ones. I'd say they're disappointing. They'll be disappointed there, and I think maybe would be. But I think that half of the draw looked a very tough draw. I mean, I would have thought that all Skit would have been looked at the team that would you'd thought would finish bottom, personally. You know, if I was all the other clubs, but I think that just shows how good they've done. So well mm. done to them. But on the other half, I think Shrewsbury—they're only going to improve because at the end of the day, any player that wants to move to a club and play Prem cricket with a chance of playing Birmingham League cricket—it's a win-win situation. So when you've got people like um, Luke Thornton, who we mentioned before, his brother plays for Shrewsbury, I don't think it'd be a bad move for him. So mm. it's going to be real difficult, and I think in the winter, Shrewsbury will probably strengthen. Mm. And I, I expect Shrewsbury, actually, out of all the teams in that league, to do better next season. I'll tell you what, though. Something, obviously, talking about those six teams and the other six teams, it would be quite interesting. It's a conversation for another bog because we're about to move on to Division 1. It would be quite interesting to see what would happen if they did what they do in the Sunday divisions this season, where they split it in half and uh, do the six top teams at the halfway point all then play each other in a group of six and the bottom six play each other in a group of six and then they have it like a... Little mini that would be interesting, but before we move on quickly, we're just going to go through who's leading the batting and bowling figures in the Prem. I wonder why Andrew wants to bring that up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've been keen for this. Currently, on the, the top of the uh, Mike Robinson group is uh, Mr. A. Harrison. Don't know if you heard of him. No, he's a batsman, he's got Birmingham League time. Is he got Birmingham League time? No, I, I just, just, I was going to have a quick run through actually on uh, on, on both leagues. Uh, myself on 18, Gareth Jones 18, and Luke Thornton, so both of them from the other group. Uh, obviously, Ralph 
on 17, but he obviously won't be playing for Quat by the sound of it. Uh, Shab Khan from last season after his 60-odd wickets on 17. And uh, in, in our group, the Mike Robertson group, uh, Sam Griffiths and Ross Griffiths, two brothers fighting last game of the season on the same amount of wickets. Obviously, Sam with a 7 for last week. Took himself above his brother. He was absolutely gutted. He was Ross. <laughs> uh, Dan Bowen on sixteen. Regular, regular names uh, and Tom Ellis. But I must say here, good to Tom, see some pace and yes, seam bowlers. Exactly. I was going to say. I was going to say last season, uh, not blowing my own trumpet, but I was the only seamer in the top ten, and I was frustrated. <laughs> the only seamer in the village <laughs> with, with the likes of like Ben Parker playing in the league. You think to yourself, you know, what? Why is there a lack of seamers? But here, there is myself, Sam, Dan Bowen. Uh, Tom Ellis, uh, Jamie's cousin, Luke Thornton. You know, Has he told you about that? Plenty of seamers. Yeah, <laughs> the, the only good one in the family. Uh, but the, the batting's quite interesting actually, because in the uh, Clive Smith group, the batting has been a lot more runs scored. Uh, ben Miller, top of that group. Uh, in, in the Mike Robinson, Dave Laird, who plays with myself on a Saturday, having a great season. He's got 13 wickets as well, so all round cricketer of the year by the look of it. Uh, but you've got Chris Miller as well nearly on the 300 so him and his brother got a battle last game as well as the Griffiths lads Carl Starling two good to see him up there great to see him up there he keeps and saying his eyes are going and his shoulders and <laughs> but hey the old dog's still got life and in. underneath him someone who's also on the bowling well that's it another another lad Luke yeah 18 wickets 2-5-4 what season is Luke Thornton the new it kid of the Cow Corner podcast well, you know is he up there with the Andrew Swarbricks and the Connor Glenn Dennings well Andy? He, he's one of them that you can have a tissue over here um, <laughs> uh, to be honest with you mate um, playing with him in that Shropshire game I've never seen him play properly before but I was very impressed and uh, he's one to watch out for he really is um, in, in the other group uh, you've got Rashid from uh, Whitchurch who scored 70 at the weekend He's up there. Steve Gray, someone who's been consistent for Sentinel this year. Stevie Gray, big fan of the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's done well. And then you've got Harry Wassell on 197. And in the other group, Alex Biddle in fifth. Another friend of the podcast. Alex scored a good ton, apparently, a couple of weeks ago. So, well done, you. Anyway, that's enough of that. Let's move on to the proper divisions and Division 1. Okay, so we move on from how well Andy's done this. I'm sorry, I mean uh, from the Prem and the uh, Shropshire <laughs> League I'm game. Right up the <laughs> There's no bias in there. <laughs> so, so who's done well? Well, you know, everyone was saying to me. <laughs> it's not often I'm top, mate. I've got to enjoy it, mate. <laughs> anyway, Joss, now we start with the proper cricket and uh, we... <laughs> Oh, <laughs> we start with Division 1. Is, is James Hill top? <laughs> I bet he isn't. <laughs> so there two, two Division 1s, as there are with the Prem. So we've got the John Reese Division, which features Church, Newtown, Albury, Bremer Heath, Knocking and Pimpsbury. Um, I've paid far more attention to this because uh, selfish reasons, obviously, Albury. Newtown have absolutely dominated, played 8, won 8. And for me, deservedly so. In fact, the only games I played for our first were the Newtown fixtures home and away. Because for some reason our availability becomes... <laughs> I know. Slightly less whenever we play Newtown. I don't, I don't know what it is. I mean, a genuine pace attack, a decent yeah. side, and uh, suddenly availability is poor. I mean, you mentioned their, attack, their bowling attack is so strong. You know, they open with Dave Anthony and Tom Anderson, who are both, both absolute quality. You've got Joe Monk coming on as first change. I was going to say, I've heard good things about Joe Monk. You've got John Anthony, you've got Craig Davis, who I can't. Well, I can't, not good enough to even hit him. He might even off the square. 
and uh, Ali Laird. You know, there's not really, uh, they know much of the back line, <coughs> so they deserve to be top. Shirk have not disappointed, you know, where they were put, I think, some would say controversy in Division, in Division 2, two yeah. last year, and, and Helderone Earth have came up. Quite proves, uh, isn't it? Yeah, proves, I think, proves I think done a good job. I think on, uh, from, from a podcast point of view, I've, we feel quite smug. Is the right word to say? No, not probably smug, but quite happy that they've done well considering we've given them the hype and they've kind of also, lived up to it this year. they a good bunch of people to play against. I'm playing against their seconds. Oh, their seconds are great, people, great group people. of people. Well, great they're sitting the first for the same as well. Yeah. Well, they're sitting above Boma Heath that come yeah. down. So well, although Boma, had Boma played us and got 20 points, I'm not saying they would have done, but had they done, they'd be above Chirk. Mm. Yeah. But still, I mean, to to be there, sat in second. Yeah, I mean, kind of uh, Chirk gave Newtown a run for their money. I think it was, yeah. it was certainly easily, in fact, the closest game Newtown have had. I think they won by, yeah. by a couple yeah. of runs. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we played we played Chirk twos and literally could play them. They they're one of those teams where you come away from it and you are genuinely like lovely, lovely place, and yeah. you know, pub down the road, nice little view, kind of like night, obviously. Small community. They had the football team having the yeah. piss up on the side, which you know. I was, got runs. <laughs> just yeah. got runs, but no, they were they, they were great, great, great bunch of people. Yeah. Happily, yeah. happily play it again, and obviously, I, I don't know how, but somehow I am going to be playing against their ones <laughs> this weekend. Which so I'll be able to find out whether their ones are just yeah. the same. But yeah, yeah, some nice full tosses, please, Andrew. Just outside our stump, and I'll just keep giving you nice reviews for the rest of the year. But. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'll get my same entrance that I do to every game of come on let's get him, get yourself on the podcast which is uh, which always goes down well but yeah um Bomir coming in third Josh you were yeah, saying Bomir third so yeah Chirk 120 points for us. so Newtown mathematically need one point from the last two games to confirm they've won but they're not going to fail to do that I keep forgetting you've got two games to go and we've only yeah, got one yeah, yeah okay yeah, so so a week early and Newtown effectively champions Chirk yeah. Chirk 12 points over Bomir Albury and Ponsby having their own little battle. They played each other twice now. Won one, lost one. Um, we played them last last Saturday. Really good game actually. Mm. Um, we didn't score enough runs. We posted one five two, and they knocked them off. Um, quite comfortably really. Matt Hartson got fifty. Well, Batty Matty. Yeah, it's good. Good. Obviously, Matty. He's a merry web player. Is he? <laughs> Be careful because I've been accused of um, slagging Ponsby off on this podcast by someone who doesn't listen to it. <laughs> oh, right. So, so we, haven't, we haven't spoken about Mike Bellamore for a long time. <laughs> no, come on. No, look, no. We're, we're, we're very, you know, it's, it's like a friendly thing, Ponsbury, isn't it, with Ponsbury? We're fans Ponsbury. with Ponsbury. We, we like Ponsbury. You know, we've, we've got no problem with them. Yeah, they're only chasing 150, and Owen and Owen Morris and Matty opened up and got them off to a very good start. and they were always going to struggle to lose from from the start they gave them. To mm. be fair, it was it was a good toss to uh, it was a good toss to win. This year, I mean, obviously last year they they got off to a flyer. They were winning, weren't they, after six mm. games or something? Yeah. in Division One. Um, they've not had the same form this year, but they've had a lot of absentee. Should we say Steve Wilson apparently has been injured. He's a huge loss to them. Yeah, oh, great bowler. Still, Mike, Mike still, Bellamore, Mike Bellamore, yeah. massive yeah. loss, massive loss. Skipper Mark Lewis has not played that. Yeah. They've been showing mm. the clubs this year. But they have had the X Factor behind the, the stunt. The X Factor, young Dan uh, Walker, Danny yeah. He's, he, he looks the part, he does, fair yeah. play. He's a good prospect, Dan. He's a very good prospect. I'll be interested too to much. see where he is next season. Well, if he's not getting the gloves at uh, Ponsbury, which he probably should be, um, I'll be very I wouldn't, I wouldn't be very surprised if he goes somewhere else. That's that's all I'll say. Anyway, Josh, I'm so, sorry. So, we've we got a few 95 points. Ponsbury on 79, so they could overtake us and. 
over the last couple of games and knocking holding up the table knocking they seem to be one of these teams that's experimenting a bit with the season it's not a criticism at all it's entirely up to them yeah certainly the names of playing in their first team i haven't played against them so i don't know i don't recognize a lot of them mm-hmm. we've got the likes of sean davis evergreen sean davis hero still, what a player yeah. he used to be yeah, yeah. fantastic still player. Is. Still, still is, is. Yeah. still is um yeah but a lot of new faces and playing against their seconds they've got so many youngsters promising youngsters mm. as well i mean the thing is though again play, i played against their ones and they they had some young players who were who were doing well in stages but then kind of either got themselves out or were bowling and were bowling well in stages but then would you know, bowl a full toss or bowl, you know, just so do things that young players do. That we talked about pre-season saying there's, there's clubs that are going to use this season as a a bit of a feeder season for I, their first team, maybe bring the kids through. Is I, that, I, I think so. I think so, so but there's also... Very much so I, I'm, glad, I'm glad there's yeah. some teams, because I've got to say, I've been very surprised that a few other teams haven't brought more youngsters in. Yeah. The, so the, the, the one thing I'd say about knocking, though, is I do worry that it is kind of going back to something that we've spoken about last year on the podcast where they were talking about having lots of availability for a Sunday but not so many for a Saturday maybe that's also forced their hand a little bit in regards to playing these young players but it's good you know they've got a they've got a left arm leggy you know he's fantastic fantastic bowler they've got some good young pace bowlers you know got some good batsmen and you know if these players develop and you know they've got a they all play well. They all they're obviously very well educated, and it's green shoots for the future. You know, yeah. compared to some of the teams who they're playing against, who have got a lot of experienced players. But then, also on the other hand, when you've got a lot of young players, you don't have those experienced players who could nurture them and bring them through. Yeah, so it's a double-edged sword, isn't it? Balanced, don't you? Well, they've got Sean Davis there, as you see. He's, yeah. he's a class act. He's been oh, yeah. been Gee, there. Sure. I'm not thinking Morris if he's played at all this year. Yeah. He's Okay. I haven't played knocking for a long time, but yeah, mm. last time I played midweek again, so I didn't recognise a lot of the lads. To be fair, so mm. yeah, you're right. It's a big transitional period going with that club. I and and in this league again in Div One, just like in the Prem, it goes back to kind of what we said last season as well. And I don't think I think it shows that not a lot of things have changed in that respect. As in there, there's a top half of the Prem and a bottom half of the Prem, and the bottom half of the Prem and the top half of Div One, I think, are very kind of interchangeable of a similar standard you know your Shifnal your Shifnal 2s you know your Shelton your Frankton your Shrewsbury 2s you know that they're, they're all much of a muchness and they could all kind of be of a similar place possibly and then you've kind of got the lower half of Div 1 which is nowhere near the standard of the top of the Div 1 being nice possi- possibly would we say? And then, you know, in the Prem, you've obviously got that upper half of Sentinel and that lot, uh, Whitchurch, Wellington, all them lot who were kind of in a league of their own as well. And moving on to the Peter Byron group, Joss, again, it's it's another league oh, of two halves. Yeah, but incredibly close at the top here. There's just three points between Bridgenorth seconds, Sheffield seconds and Wellington seconds. And the clash of the season for me in this division is this Saturday coming up and Bridgenorth on 130 points take on Schiffel on 129 so that's you know it's not quite winner takes all but it'll go a huge way to deciding who's going to win that and don't forget Wellington who are just three points behind Bridge North newly Um, promoted newly promoted and you think what they're first are doing as well in the the Prem yeah it's it's exciting times for that club 
Mm. I think it's, it ca- it, you've got to remember though they they come down from the Birmingham League only a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah. I think so, you know it's it's good it's good to see them getting back to where they once were really. A trend that I've noticed is that a lot of these second eleven teams, well, well not necessarily all second eleven teams, but second eleven teams of big clubs have been re- have been doing a lot in general. Have been doing very well. You know the the big clubs, your Shrewsbury's, your Bridge Knolls, your Shift Knolls. All of their sides have been doing well. Now, do we think that that's just because of the standard, or do you reckon it's because of availability, more or, kids or, being or available? Could it be because they're giving the youngsters that perhaps aren't quite too good a go in the first mm. and dropping down some of the mm. more experienced, better players like yeah. to the seconds. I mean, yeah, yeah. I haven't got any proof of that. Mm. Yeah, it'd be, be be very interesting to hear how it's how it's gone and how things have gone, and obviously. Next season will be the big kind of like litmus leveler to see where we are and how how much we can read out of this season. Yeah. Um, one of the things I'm surprised about, well, I don't know whether we we should be surprised about it, but St George is in at fourth, a relegated side down there, and obviously Beacon, we've mentioned them before, yes. rock bottom, having lost every game except the one they conceded. And Worth was a bit of a surprise for me being fifth, um, yeah, only two points behind St George's, but. Yeah, I thought they, I thought they'd be better than that, but um, it's, it's a good um, it's a, it's a good division. It's um, as I say, that, that mm. three points between the top four is brilliant. It, to this time. Especially, it, especially Bridge get, North, um, promoted, double, double promoted, or just no just single promoted, but because they've been really good for a long time, haven't they? Yeah, I mean they they were a team that our twos were playing mm. not long ago because of the reserve div one teams. But I mean, for me as well, looking at that division, Bridge North, a team who were kind of who were probably a, a team who are a similar amount of points as you all but breeze and they were mixing it with that kind of lower div one group them setting the standard and pushing forward you know obviously goes back to you've got to look at the div one teams as well and it's going to be something that will bring up in division two osastry seconds which we'll come up to later have had the opposite effect but you know your teams like your bridge north ones in you know strengthening and your shift nulls their first team strengthening, you know, it has an impact rolling down Massively. into these second teams. We've, we've spoke about this. I mean, the, the Shrewsbury twos in the Prem we were talking about before, the likes of Harry Cook, and there's players like that pushing for first team cricket, but because their first team's so strong, they end up playing twos for, for quite mm. a while. And, you know, you just don't know them weeks. If someone has a bad couple of games and goes from the first to the, the mm. second, going from that Birmingham League, like Prem, to... Shropshire Prem is a massive standard drop so you get one player drops from ones to twos it's quite a huge change you know and they are class players I mean not to beat well not to keep rabbiting on about Warfield but or, or Warfield I mean obviously this is something we were talking about earlier Warfield Warfield Kund or Kund please let us know which is the correct like way to say Warfield and I've heard <laughs> they don't like it so a few of the quat lads said they don't like me saying Warfield um, so I think I'm going to carry on saying Warfield to be honest with you sorry lads <laughs> but yeah so going back to yeah, so going back to them before. you know they, they were a team who their first 11 obviously bringing in players like Bazit's a man and all this like you know they have recruited well but obviously their first team not doing so well are we surprised by their twos not doing well obviously Joss no, I expect them to do a bit better, um, but they were freshly promoted, so you don't know. Um, I just having played against them quite recently, I know the quality they've got there. Um, but yeah, I don't know what what's been going on behind the scenes in terms of their selection. They may have you know, given people a chance, but perhaps we normally play in seconds. But they've done all right. 
Yeah, definitely. And obviously moving on to uh, quickly just running just, over the people who... Danny Dillon for the Prem. So yeah. The leading, leading run scores in the John Lewis division. We've got Owen Morris for Pontsby with 279. Good lad. John Anthony, new talent, 341. He invents himself as a batsman. And uh, Neil Flack of Church got 237. And we've got James Hill of Albury with 61. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> in terms of the bowling, top bowling, top wicket takers. In two got, innings. Uh, I, I thought it was five. I thought it was five. <laughs> Billy Swarbrick has got 18, which is actually four more than his brother. So Andrew's the one that Hill's been... Uh, uh, tishing over. I'm <laughs> um, <laughs> not going to say anything rude. Um, Harry Bond and, and his brothers. 15. Dave Anthony of Newtown's got um, 15. And uh, yeah, Andy Swarbrick's got 14. Andy Swarbrick has uh, not that. done as well as his brother. Was his brother ever in the, the scene with you? You know, you've always been about Andrew. We're always up for new talent and, and for Peter, spotting Peter, new players. Peter Byron has been far more successful run scores in the, in the other. Joseph Smallman of Bridge North got 323 runs, a fine effort. Brilliant. Ed Beard of Shift North, 306. Matthew Martin of Bridge North, 259. Bridge North, doing well. In terms of the bowlers, St George's Mohammed Katak's got 17. Reed Henry Davis <laughs> of Shift North got 15. And Jake Rollins of Weirfield also has 15. Right, let's move on to Division 2. Division 2, split into two leagues. Shrewsbury and West and... East and South. And again, moving on to the Shrewsbury and West Division, similar to the theme, second teams doing well. Sentinel, Shelton, Oswestry 2s in the top three. Then Ellesmere first, recently relegated. Montgomery first, relegated a few years before, both on 17, 4th and 5th. And Kund or Kund, depending on how you say it, um, find themselves last uh, another team who were recently relegated now these second teams doing a lot better uh, are we surprised that they're doing better than especially recently relegated sides like Ellesmere first and and Kund or Kund well obviously speaking from a, a club point of view um, I'm I'm a, a sentinel player I look at our second team we've got a, we've always had a very strong second team us and I, I got to say Shelton as well. I've, I've seen their twos. They're very two very strong teams. Seeing Shelton with Keith Tate playing, who, who possibly should be playing in their first team. Um, you know they're very strong sides, but I think this year Sentinel sitting top of the league. They've had a super strong team this year. They're, we've had a, a few players. Johnny Lee's come back. He has scored a ton in the twos, but he's been playing quite a few ones games lately. So um, we've we've strengthened quite a lot. Callum Marsh has come in and been mainly twos and obviously he has been a... He's, a, well, he's a Div 1 bowler, isn't he? Well, no, he's been a Prem bowler. He's taken 30, 40 wickets in the mm. Prem. So uh, he's proved himself. So we have strengthened and that's why we are where we are. Shelton again, very strong. But but yeah, after that, really, it's it's sort of like a, a two separate leagues, really. Shelton yeah. and, and, and uh, Sentinel have just, just walked it, really. Yeah. And again, obviously goes down to strength of teams, obviously team strengthening, availability and... Like it's, it saying, does sadden me to see Kund where they are. Yeah, uh, but I think they've got to rebuild. They they know they have. That's that's something they know they've got to do, and I think they'll be very disappointed with that. They'll walk yeah. away very saddened where where they are. Really, I think Oswestry Twos, a team who won the won Division Three last season, won't 
even though they're third, I think for people outside will be quite surprised. But for people who know the situation, I don't think they will be so much. Mainly because their first team were had a lot lost a lot of players to a lot of different clubs, and their second team players have all moved up into the ones and have actually been performing very, well, holding their own in yeah. the in the Birmingham league, and so they have got like a mixture of their second team and third team, and you know, still to be third in that division is you know it goes to show the strength of Oswestry is well, you know, it's you, lose, it's, you, you know, it's, it's they're a big club, you so to players, say that, but, but they I mean, still have players good enough at, mm. at the big clubs I mean the big clubs like Austria do still have the players that can mm. do it and I mean whether it's a senior player that maybe plays in the threes might have to step up to the twos mm. I, I don't know who's doing well for their team but Austria are a very good cricket club and they'll always find a way mm. of getting themselves back to back to their best mm. it'll be interesting to see how Ellesmere and Montgomery can go especially kind of like you know, if you were Ellesmere, couldn't you'd have wanted to bounce back this season? And couldn't couldn't have been. One, you'd want to be pushing to stay up the top, wouldn't you? Really? And it, it, you know, it goes to show. You know, those clubs who were talking about themselves getting dodgy relegations. You know, what I mean, it yeah. does go to show. It does have massive effects on clubs because couldn't have like. Couldn't only went down because seriously. of uh, because of not having an umpire. Yeah, have seriously um, hemorrhaged players because yeah. of that, and now found themselves in a position where they're bottom of that division anyway moving on to the east and south division two um we find ourselves with well chelmarsh first 11 at top at the top of the table and you know a lot of a lot of people were saying that this is a contentious decision and they were the team that people brought up as the big kind of like flashpoint and we'll talk about the other team who got promoted who are having well probably not as good a season which kind of you know puts everything that we were saying last season into real kind of questioning um so yeah Chelmarsh leading the way and showing that they can do it and obviously you've spoken to we'll talk about your conversation mm-hmm. with Connor Glenn Denning in a minute but then Lillishall in second Schiffnell thirds you know another big side finding themselves in third and then again you know St George's twos Fortin first Ludlow seconds in that you know the bottom three any surprises for you there Joss um, not really. I was just going to say that Chelmarsh play Lillishaw this weekend, so that's another hell of a clash for that division there, because there's only six points between them. Um, just looking down there, no, I thought Fortin perhaps would be stronger. I know is is Matt Sayers still playing? I'm not sure about the Sayers brothers. No, I knew Chris, Chris had him, but I heard I heard a so. rumour that he might have come back, right. but I haven't really seen much yeah. much of him. Uh, but yeah, I thought, I thought Ludlow seconds, if I'm honest with you, would be... Not having a good season, Ludlow, are they, bless no, them? It's, no. uh, it seems like a real hard slog this season, but let's hope next season they bounce yeah, it'd be, back. It'd be, it'd, be, it'd, be, it'd be interesting to see what anyone from Ludlow would say about how Hopefully, they felt their well, season as well. Marsh, I mean, I, I know very little about that club, with no disrespect to them at all. Um, I don't know how heavily reliant on Connor Glendale they are. Obviously, he's a, he's a phenomenal talent. He's done pretty well. If he does go elsewhere, which... Suggests he might if he's mm. on display to Shropshire. Be interesting to see how 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 well he's backed up. Now, now before we go on to this, and obviously we speak about Connor and his conversation with Andy, which I think explains a lot. Um, one thing because I can hear the Lillishaw fan group uh, complaining already is that Lillishaw six points behind, but they have actually also played one less game. Uh, course, obviously, course, because yeah. of the lack of the COVID game. So, you know. They may have lost, but also they may have won. You know, Fortin, second from bottom, they would fancy themselves to win. So, you know, it could be a little shawl on top right now. But still, you know, Chelmarsh up there, 
very much proving, do we not think that they are that the league were right to do what they do? But anyway, Andy, tell us about your conversation with Connor. Yeah, Connor, um, lovely lad. First, um, I, I obviously didn't know what to expect when I met him. I'd, I'd never seen him before, really, so it was uh, it was a nice experience. But he uh, he said he's really enjoyed himself at Chow Marsh. He moved back from Australia. He said Chow Marsh a few years back. I'd, I I can't remember what how long ago he said it was, but he said he'd come to the club and had seven players seven players and he said and now you look at them they've moved up to division two and their aim is to go into division one so as far as i'm concerned his aim is to move up the leagues with chelmarsh cricket club and do you know what i was going to say so a lot of people have criticized him not me personally i've, I've never met the guy anyway but for, for playing at such a low level he's obviously so good surely you can give him praise for sticking with his club there's always the two sides to the story isn't there that. yeah, yeah there's loyalty exactly right? the there is there's always two sides to the story i mean if you're criticising him for that, you look at like a Sam Griffiths going back to Shelton and getting them promoted last year. Yeah. They're their clubs. That's the club he was. You know, he's been at since he was a junior. You know, players do love the clubs they play for, and uh, you know, wish him all the best. And it does sound like he's a proper Chelmarsh through and through player. If he did move up a level, I'd be, I'd be chuffed for him, and I hope he does really well. Mm. But I, I was really impressed with him, and if Chelmarsh lost him. I'd be worried for him because he does look the part. So, and his stats stats approved. Yeah, he's a spinner, and I gotta say, he looked he looked very good. But um, I didn't get to see the best of him. I don't think in the warm up, I was watching him, thinking he looks looks a good spinner. Like so, mm. you know, it'll be it'll be it's definitely a conversation for another day, and it'll be very interesting to see at what point he, you know, if Chelmarsh do hit kind of like a a bump in the road at what point maybe he does think about that move if he does at all mm. you know maybe young. maybe he's, if, young, he's got a lot you, of time you know maybe if Shropshire say look we are interested not saying that they do but if they do and they go look we need you to be playing this standard of cricket would he think about that but then again Bridge North way Bridge North are a good club you never mm. know do you yeah anyway let's move ourselves on and let's go on to Division 3 in Division 3 Newport second 11 leading the way or Brighton first eleven, you know, a team who got relegated last season, finding themselves up in second. Newport second eleven, someone who we brought up about, you know, they've got to be getting closer to their first eleven. Obviously, showing that they have that ability. Un, well, you know, their their, sec, their first team doing well this season. Wellington thirds again, another team who did well last season. You know, your Wheaton Astons again doing well. Harpers finding themselves in that mid table. Now, we move to the bottom. Obviously, very bottom. Condover, no real surprises there. They were a team who were at a different standard and were put up, technically put up a league uh, because they should have been playing Division 4 uh, this season, but been put in Division 3, I think, mainly based on geographics. Um, but, yeah, looking at that bottom bottom pairing, you've got Roxeter, who are sixth. Are we surprised? You know, a team who were relegated down into that league, a team who were not very happy... We'll talk about that in a minute. Church, Aston, a team who have got a lot of potential down there. The other double promoted side, Wem, the one team who a lot of people didn't have many problems with, not doing as well. Maybe is that kind of like a hangover from their first team not having an overseas or their first team having their first season in the Birmingham League or maybe because of everything that's happened. You know, there was a lot of talk last season about them having a lot of players available for the first time in a while, maybe because of everything that's gone on, maybe they've struggled with that. It, it is interesting to see them, the other double promoted side, a completely different, 
you know, success, well, not a success story compared to uh, Chelmarsh, but it'll be interesting to see how they go. But um, any surprises for anyone or any big talking points for anyone in this division? Uh, I've got to say, seeing Rockster in sixth is, it's it's very sad. Um, they weren't very happy when they got relegated, but you look at them down in, in sixth place in that league and you think to yourself, well, it's just the standard they belong to play, um, and, and a few a few teams and a few players will be disappointed. But if they're putting out a decent side every week and a similar side to last season, and they're still a, a lowly team, you know who's to say they don't deserve to be there? The only thing Joss said, and he nailed it on the head, was if you get relegated and you don't feel you belong in that league, you go straight back up, don't you? And that, that's the key. If, if they're good enough next season, they will come back up. Maybe they're struggling for players. I do think, did they have a game abandoned? I was looking, there's quite a few who only played six. Yeah, um, I'm pretty sure they've had a game abandoned or something like that. Uh, I don't know if they're rearranged, uh, but talking to uh, Bobby Davis, who I do a bit of work with, um, he, he was saying that there was a game that wasn't played. Um, but at the end of the day, yeah, it's very sad to see him there. Wem, a massive surprise. You know, they've got up to the Birmingham League we've always said this it's surprising because all the bigger clubs their second teams are all in and around Division 1 Prem uh, and for Wem's second team to be in Division 3 to call upon lads to play in Division 3 to go up to the pre- uh, to the Birmingham League especially now they're in a situation where they're really unfortunate because they've, they've put them in a group with the likes of Wolverhampton Shrewsbury Shifnal Bridge North a lot of them are Prem clubs so it's been a real tough season for him. You know, I'm very surprised to see him there. That, that's the one thing I will say. And I do feel sorry for Condover, but I'm pretty sure Condover have got mm. a good set of players there. They, I, I, I'm sure they'll bounce back next season when they're in Division 4. I know, and it's, I, think, I think you look at the spread of the league as well, and it's, it's, not, you know, it's, it's not like other leagues where it's two parts, it's quite evenly spread. But mm. obviously that's because they've got nine teams in it. But no, no, very, no, very good to see. Um, and uh, yeah, well done Newport, you know, smashing it at the top of the league. And let's move on to the regionalised leagues. Now, before we go on to this, we have a little announcement that next season we will be separating and we will be looking to do a lower league podcast. So if you are interested in being involved, we will be doing from Division 4, 5, 6, 7 and 8 as its own little tearaway podcast definitely so looking can... for fans of the pod as well yeah we? yeah so people... fans of the pod get in touch with james and uh we do want guests i mean you know jamie has has written himself off um he's gone he, he's been he's been he's sick been, note yeah he's been sacked sacked <laughs> off you know you can only be sick so many times uh, martin tinder um <laughs> so please do get in contact with james hill send him an email or a message uh, I'm sure he's sent his number around enough for the lads around the county, but um, or, or on Cal Corner, just send us an email or a message and uh, get involved. Yeah, get involved because we'd obviously like to. We want to give the lower leagues as much as coverage as we do the the higher leagues, and obviously create a succinct podcast rather than have it going on for quite a long time. But obviously, you'll understand this one going a bit longer than normal, and hopefully, you don't mind. Anyway, moving on to those regional leagues. And starting with Seven Valley, Trisel on top, seven wins, one loss. That'll be a good bounce back for that side. 
And obviously, another team bouncing back, Quat second eleven. Another team who were uh, felt quite hard done by by their relegation will be happy to see themselves pushing that top two, having won six, lost one, and had only one game abandoned. Willie Wands in third, Brosley first eleven in fourth. I think I don't know whether they'll be too happy with that, but again, strong league, and they'll be pushing pushing forward next season. Madeley seconds in second from bottom and much Wenlock a team who are always going to struggle against teams who are much better than them finding themselves bottom so Joss main thoughts out of that one quick thoughts um, quick thought there I was just going to tell you much Wenlock, much Wenlock I am quite sad for them really yeah. they find themselves there I, Prem I Club only yeah, exactly. how many years ago how yeah. many years ago were they in the Prem it's amazing yeah, Blaster Brown and Dave very Bradley. sad some great players very, there very very strong players yeah, some great history yeah, that yeah. club so it's sad to see that. Um, unfortunately, no disrespect to any of these clubs, I don't have that much to do with many of them. Quat seconds, yeah, as you say, glad to see them up there. Trisol. They were frustrated last year as well, Quat seconds. They they didn't want to go down. They were they were very disappointed with that. And uh, I think uh, the only way, again, like Joss said, all, all the way through, if, you, if you're disappointed with it, you bounce back by showing the league that you're too mm. good for that league and going back up. Yeah, the only one thing I'd say really that surprised me is really Brosley. Uh, well, I say that, but then again, from the things I was hearing during winter, I'm not also surprised as much because I did hear that they were going to have a second team, but then were struggling to find players again because of everything that's going on and various other things. But yeah, you know, they would have probably hoped to have been higher. But let's move on to the next group, which is the North group. And... Something that you boys will both be happy yes. about. Your former club, Acton Reynolds, first 11, top of the table, played 8 1 8. And Joss, you've been speaking to some of the lads about their season so far. Yeah, I had a chat with uh, Johnny Evans, he's the, the young skipper. Great night as well, he's skipping them this year. He's enjoying it, and well, wouldn't you if you played 8 1 8? Fair play to him. Um, a lot of the boys that I played with. All those years ago, when Andy and I were there, we're still there. Aidan Hudson been having some banter with him today, um, but yeah, I'm delighted to see them on on top top of the pile. It's great, great to see. And Whitchurch too, something that you know, we well we kind of predicted when we, especially when we were talking to James Voyager in that podcast when he was talking about they're going to take the second eleven more seriously and they're going to put some players who used to be first team players in that second team. Mm more regularly so that they can get their second team getting promoted up the league so they're closer to their ones you know making a statement of intent finding themselves up in second moving themselves up from one of those teams who found themselves at the bottom half of division five last season Iscoid and Fens Bank find themselves in third you know another good club then you've got Frankton Twos in fourth Calverhall won't be I don't know will they be happy but again they're another another team who have like one slash two team you know it's it's hard when you only have a certain amount of slots i would say possibly it'd be interesting to see what they say about it kai glass one's a team who struggled last season how, they, how, how struggling they again they've got the talent of gary, gary davis. davis playing from i, I tell you what bottom. they mustn't they mustn't down. listen to gary davis's best tip well they have bowl got 20 at the wicket they have got 21 bowling points which possibly so they yeah. have been listening to Gary Davis then? Probably just haven't been doing right, it. They've yeah. only got five batting yeah. points, so it's possibly the batting that's been letting them down in that one. Anyway, on to Wales and West. 
the big point I think on this one is Lanny. Lanidloys, possibly one of the lowest ranked teams in this group, lead the way. 1-6, lost one, conceded one. Flying start when they've got a group with Welshpool first. Well, we'll talk about that in a minute. Welshpool first 11. Bishop's Castle first 11, a team he played Good Div side, 4. Yeah. Gillsfield recently promoted to Div 5. Monty 2s, who are Div 6. Newtown 2s, who are Newtown Div 5. Wow. And Lanny, you know, they they were only just promoted into Div 6. And from Div 7 last season, find themselves leading that group, Josser. Yeah, good luck to them. Um, as you say, Welshpool, yeah, probably put first level in brackets because I think they've been, they're one of these teams that's experimented a little bit with their ones and twos. Mix, mix the teams depending yeah. on who they're playing, I heard. Yeah. Um, Monty seconds again. I, we've got Keith Griffiths, who's a Monty stalwart. Mm. He's allowed to play for Aubrey now. I've chatted to him a few times. He's not playing this season, just to give the youngsters a chance, which I absolutely get. Mm. Like said, he's Very he's good. not going to change the way yeah. he plays, so give them a chance. Which they're a lovely club, aren't they, Monty? They Very are, nice yeah, club. Great club. Great yeah, great club, yeah. yeah. So they're, they're sort of ringing the chains a little bit this season, I think. I was quite surprised Newtown are that low down, because they're mm. second in our ranks. As well, yeah. I, I've got to be honest, I've always thought they've got a great squad, mm. Newtown. Always had a real good mm. squad. You, mm. you watch their second team turn up uh, after the game. I've always looked and thought, oh, they've got some good players in there. Mm. They've played first team cricket, so... You know, does a stalwart Di Brown still play ones yeah, or twos? No twos, basically. He's twosy. Yeah. What a legend. He is a great guy, Di. Nicest guy in cricket. Yeah. I thought he retired there after last season, didn't he? Or is he no. playing on this season? Di Brown will never retire. He's never going to retire. That's great news. That's, never. Great news. That's great news. And moving on to the next division, which is South and Central. Now here. Uh, Shrewsbury third eleven again going back to what we said you know the big teams are stronger across and that they've got the leading run scoring all the Shropshire cricket there Rob Johnson someone who plays midweek for you Andy yeah very talented boy he hits the ball very hard um, yeah he, he come to Sentinel last year actually mm. he played for Sentinel but he went back to Shrewsbury and uh, yeah he's um, he, he's a fantastic player to be fair uh, scored a double hundred didn't he yeah. yeah. So uh, that's. I mean, again, some I really, I really don't care what level you play, and you score a double hundred. You got some talent, um, and and I'm not surprised they are where they are when he's scoring the runs he's scoring. A surprising league, this one, I'd say as well, because you know, all Scott Heat second eleven, a team who, you know, weren't pulling up trees last season, and someone who we were, you know, Andy, we had many conversations about last season about not being close enough to their ones. You know, not being up there this season. Obviously, their one's doing a lot better. That's obviously seeped down into their twos. I don't know whether that that's because more well, players who used to play ones are playing yeah. in their twos and well, that's they're, doing they're better. A but couple of signings, didn't they? So mm, Jack yeah. Casey, I think they had a couple of exactly. It also makes yeah. on the second. It always makes you stronger. And I, I I do feel that these clubs that second teams are in such a low league, it is very difficult um, because players some players will not want to play that lower level will they mm. to, to play in their ones every so often so you know they're going to want to try I mean it, it's been tough actually you look at some of the clubs as I guarantee there's a lot of clubs out there that mm. wish this season would have promotions mm. because they really want to push up them leagues and get better and better mm. and better but you know they've just got to keep banging away and if, if you look at where they are right now next season they're going to look to get promoted haven't they so. yeah and you look at those two and they're the top two are the teams who play in the lowest leagues you know yeah, Shrewsbury exactly. thirds Div 6 well. also, also in those lower leagues Colin and then and, you know club, aren't they? 
Colin just promoted to do. Colin Colin scored against their seconds the other weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Got a lovely club. Too. I was wine tasting lovely the other day club. at uh, Nalga. I go wine tasting once a month. Going up show, in the, you're trying to be past, yeah. Show my age. Another opportunity to talk about his boom. And I was, yeah, different audience. They don't like cricket, unfortunately. But um, anyway, I was wine tasting, uh, watching uh, <laughs> Colum's team train. I was very impressed with the way they were training. To be fair, they're great, they're they're great hosts as well. Because obviously, yeah. Jamie Harvey's the chairman. Yeah, lovely bunch of lads. Fantastic, yeah. fantastic place. Is a yeah. uh, restaurant, by the way. If you have, if you have, well, restaurant slash shop slash bar kind of thing. Hurley's looking for a new sponsor. I no, I do like it. I've been there. I saw him there. He cooked me some nice pizza. It was good. Nice cheese board, some beers and wine. Great stuff. All from Tanners as well, which is uh, good stuff. But yeah, obviously, Colin, a team on the up, finding themselves in third. And, you know, Wellington Force and team who are also their new Division 5 teammates. And Beacon second 11, finding themselves second bottom, a team who pushed Alberbury all the way last season and being the best of the rest in Div 5 and then Church Stretton newly relegated from Division 4 into Division 5 who obviously were not playing those divisions this season but find themselves bottom with no wins yeah I was talking to Keith Yap about Church Stretton he's injured at the moment so he's not playing massive loss um, it is and they've got you know, that Ed Grimm we're playing against us on Sunday the skipper of Church Stretton young lad fair play he's a good cricketer and they're just trying to Bring the youngsters through, have three or four old heads mm. in every team just to advise Ed on what to do and just to talk about what's happening and stuff. So That's they're, good. they're doing it the right way. They're just mm. obviously out of their depth a little bit, but it's crazy I'm, watching these I'm, teams, isn't it? I mean, I, I obviously being a young a youngster in the, the game all them years ago, you look at the, the teams like Church Strett and they were thriving back then. Can you remember mm, the Smith mm, Smiths mm. and uh, who else played there back then? Um Nichols. The Nichols family, Crump, Ben Crump, Crump, yeah, Tom, they Tom Crump. literally back in the, oh yeah, but they were after they were yeah, after. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, the Nichols brothers, you had the Smiths. I remember Ed Smith was just absolutely amazing bowler, and uh, you know they were a club thriving. They were Division One, absolutely flying. They were great, and and to see them down there is a massive shame. But clubs need to rebuild, and mm. you know any youngsters out there that want to get back into cricket or are looking for a club, looking for youngsters. Church Stretton was a great place to play when I was a youngster. Lovely, mm. lovely place. And it, it, you know, it, it is a mix. When we're talking about these regionalisations, I think it's been a, I think it's been a great success for this season. I think shows on two fronts: one, how little there probably is between the divisions and the other teams, but also kind of it is interesting to see how different teams have approached it, and it has been really interesting in that regard. You know, and. You know, it could be something that is good. You know, for some for some teams, it may make lasting positive effects. Whereas for some other teams, it may have some lasting negative effects. And it is it is going to be something that we won't really kind of see. The for some teams, we won't see too much until the the years to come. But anyway, we'll move on to the next group, which is North and Central. So at the top of North and Central, we got Hodnit. And Peplow or Hobnet and Tipton, Tibetan or whatever they were, whatever um, we were told that they were called nowadays. But we'll just <laughs> say Hobnet. It was that long ago? Yeah, um, finding themselves on top, which is which is great for them. A team who struggled last season and have really kind of come into f- some form and uh, have been doing really well. Bomir second eleven, uh, finding themselves in second place there. Coton Hall in third, Lillisall second eleven in fourth. Axon Reynolds, second 11 in fifth, and Hardcore, first 11 in sixth. And again, Hardcore, a team who, well, 
really struggled last season to the point where they um, had to drop out and they've been have come back in this season. Good, Good to back. see them back in. Good but to see back. you know, it's keep these clubs going. Oh, they were hell of a side, hell of a side. They had uh, the Jarrett, Jarrett's playing for him. Um, I, I remember Fadger. I don't, I don't think anyone in cricket doesn't know Fadge. Rich Conroy um, was there. Oh, I tell you what, mate, he was an oh, absolute gun. But um, yeah, they had a real good side. Um, I think one of the Jarrett's went to. We we're trying to get him to Kund, and he went to Wem. Uh, but that's such a strong team. And midweek they Sean were Humphreys. brilliant. Sure, yeah, Sean Humphreys as well. Bloody yeah. hell, they had, they had such a good side. And uh, yeah, these clubs that just keep going, just keep mm. going, keep ticking over. It, it'd be horrible. Well. Yeah, it'd be horrible to see clubs like that fold. Um, so mm. I'm really chuffed to see him still go, and let's hope they get back up to the heights they were before. Yeah, it's really good to see in Hodnet they've got a player called Owe Abdul, um, who's who's been doing really well for them this season. He's got he's got twelve wickets for them, but also then with the bat he's got two hundred thirty four runs with an average of forty six. You know, it's not a bad player. Fantastic, fantastic there. You know, and then you have got Chris Watkins who's chipping in with eleven wickets. Matthew Watkins, who's someone who listens to the podcast, uh, who's picked up nine wickets as well. Um, who's doing well and you know it's you know good to see these teams rebuilding moving back up the leagues well not moving back up the leagues because there's no promotion relegation this season but it's good to see them bounce back you know especially mm-hmm. when we've spoken about so many of the relegated sides yeah. struggling and it's a good season to rebuild yeah they can rebuild this see. season they can get new players in mm-hmm. have an adventure and enjoy themselves and it doesn't matter where you finish this season it's all about next season isn't it yeah, fantastic to see these teams moving on. And anyway, moving on to Telford and East, where we find St George's third eleven leading the way. Quat third eleven in second. Also got thirds. Old Brighton second eleven. Lewisall thirds. Then Forts in second eleven. Again, a division where it was kind of you know this was the lower division group where it was all teams from Div Seven, Div Eight. Uh, you know, and seeing no surprise really to see the bigger teams at the top with St George's thirds and Quat thirds and all Scott thirds at the top of that really are they guys no <laughs> cool fantastic anyway moving on to the final group and we've left the best till last have we not Joss we move on to Borders and in Borders we've got Welshpool first slash seconds 11 uh, finding themselves at first then in second place Alberbury second 11 in second place, then knocking and Kindley in third position. Uh, very close between those two sides, only 10 points between them. And then Ponsbury, second 11 in fourth. Chirk, second 11 in fifth. And Kai Glass, second 11 in sixth. So, quite harsh for Kai Glass, second 11, a team who, you know, they're playing against teams who arguably their first team should be playing against. Church second 11, new to the league last season acquitted themselves quite well then you've got Ponsbury knocking and Alberbury who are all of a similar kind of league standing finding themselves in that mid set mid well top half Welshpool second 11 who were technically should have been the worst team in the league Done very well. uh, because they were the they were the lowest ranked side in Shropshire cricket last season mixed their first and twos up this season and uh, find themselves on top Josser yeah so we had the big top of the table clash last Saturday um we were dismissed for 88, I think. Marsball knocked them off eight down, which probably tells you something about the track. But um, they, they deserve to be on top, and they're not going to be caught now if they're just two points clear of Albury. 
Well, this is the division I played most of my cricket in this year. Um, Knocking in third, lovely playing against Knocking. We've had two really close games and we're beaten by one wicket at our place and by, it was pretty close at their place where I can't remember exactly. Uh, we're playing Ponsby last game of the season. We beat them at our place a couple of weeks ago. Chirk, great to play against Chirk. First time I played against him. Um, lovely bunch of people. Helped our squad some runs, but um, I'm surprised they're not doing better actually. They, they, they've got a decent batty. Yeah. Somebody. They've got and one bowler, standout bowler, Connor Bailey, who's head and shoulder above everyone else in their seconds, or was when we played them. I don't really know why he's not in their first, because he's, he's absolutely... Outstanding, wasn't he? Different gravy, but I didn't have to face him, which is why I got runs. Um, but, as I say, pleasure to play against him. I'm surprised they're not done better, because we had a close game. We, yeah, they were very um, good. There's a lot, lot of runs. We, we chased 250 or something. <sighs> Yeah, they yeah they scored two twenty. We got yeah. two twenty one. They they were two twenty four down after forty overs. Yeah. I was umpiring, so t and uh, I got to bowl the fortieth over. You did, you did. My own area. Otherwise, we'd have been chasing one eighty. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny that. <laughs> and uh, and Kai Gass, yeah, unfortunately, there. Bit out of their depth, but um, got a lot of friends at Kaigas. Good luck to them. Yeah, great bunch. Yeah, great. And I mean, Chirk, I mean, going back to them as well, like you were saying, Josh, they've, their captain, a fantastic bloke, Ian Skinner. Um, yeah. You know, who, who made their, I wrote their walk because yeah. uh, obviously when I was when I was umpiring, I couldn't see the, the take, whether it was taken cleanly enough, and I asked a square leg. I went up to a square leg and I said, Did you see? if he took it clearly and he didn't understand the question I was asking and uh, but luckily their their captain saw it from where he was and he could see it and he was like yeah it was taken clearly are you you've telling me you've, you've done some poor umpiring again no no d deliberating you know if I can't see I've <laughs> yeah. got to ask haven't I <laughs> um, but then you know what that you know Liam Walker is his name and uh, I think his, sis his sister was the person who was scoring wasn't it um, and yeah then you know someone else who looked very good for them uh, Dale Randall he scored eighty-two for them. Who oh, yeah, absolutely yeah, yeah. smashed it around the park. He was, he was a fantastic batsman. But yeah, on that day, I've seen um, his name before. Has he scored some runs this season? Possibly. I'm um, pretty sure he scored some runs. He, he scored. I think he scored a hundred the day before, the week before. And yeah, he's, uh, he's he's up there in the top run scorers. I think in, in yeah. Shropshire cricket. I'm, he's I'm pretty yeah, sure. He's very, he's got a very good eye. He's, yeah. He he puts it away and uh you know luckily on that day we had uh two batsmen who were in form in the form of john o'green and uh one joss elliott who got uh 52 not out um which unfortunately wasn't cheered joss was it no it's a bit unfortunate we had a new score that day who had me on 35 i think so luckily i count <laughs> and I'm bad, i also counted his runs in the scorebook afterwards and i did out to 52 it was a good job i was i was talking to john ashton uh the other night in the pub and i was explaining how uh when i'm umpiring i have to keep score the count just <laughs> for moments like that um because i think at one point um i don't know the scores were quite off weren't they but luckily we got it we got it around but no it's a, a good fun game and you know good to see these you know these new teams too the Shropshire League doing well and you know Kai Glass even though they are bottom they've you know put up good performances and you know knocking Ponsbury I didn't think there's much between them both when we've played them you know Ponsbury gave us a very good match you know they they had us like we've mentioned before had us down short and then we we came in sm and luckily smashed them off um and you know Welshpool on another day you know 
Overbury, I think we could have won the first game. I wasn't there for the second game, which we got thoroughly, I think, I don't know, it was another tight game. But again, one of those where either way, Overbury or Welsh ball, could, that could, they're, they're definitely the top two. But anyway, that moves to all the Saturday regional leagues. And now we'll quickly move on to the Sundays. Right, on to the Sunday divisions. And as many of you may know, or you may not know, what is happening with the Sunday divisions is they uh, have teams of eight. And then from there, they are split in half. So the top four will play against each other. And then the bottom four will play against each other. So the top four in the Sunday Central were Shrewsbury Fourths, who found themselves top, uh, played 7-1-6. Then Shelton Thirds in second, Alberbury Thirds in third, and Kund Thirds in fourth. They found themselves there after, I think it was a, um, was it like a team who played an ineligible player or something like that from one of the other teams? I can't remember. Ponsby finding themselves in fifth, Column in sixth. Uh, column second 11 uh, finding themselves in sixth sentinel third surprisingly i'd say probably finding themselves in seventh i don't know we'll get andy's quick opinion on that and then bowmere heath uh thirds finding themselves in eight but yeah no real surprises to see the teams who play in sunday div one at the top of that table would you say josser no not at all not at all they've had their first round of um the mini league if you like since then and i know Aubrey had a good win against shelton on, on sunday there was a bit of controversy around um, where these games were being. I was going to say this. I I heard this of James Arab. Yeah, you yeah, you go for it. But I well, I know what you're going to say. Well, I'll tell you what I what I think I know. Yeah. Um. So I think the plan was that obviously the top four would play each other at the venue where they hadn't played them already. Mm-hmm. So we we had already played. Shelton away. Shelton and Shrewsbury away. I think it was. Yeah, and then couldn't at home. But, but they got us playing Shelton and Shrewsbury away again at home again at home again yeah that's yeah. it because their grounds weren't available yeah and couldn't away again and couldn't away yeah. again so you're playing literally the reverse yeah, fixture yeah, again yeah. now I understand also that Ponsbury and in the lower half of the draw were meant to play Bomere on Sunday but Bomere's ground wasn't available so Bomere conceded oh right okay yeah so uh, I don't know what's happened, but the league have accommodated Shelton and Shrewsbury's requests to play. Not not at home because yeah. I think I think Shelton had the softball uh, no, no, competition. I mean, no, didn't normally, they? normally teams would prefer to play at home. I think in this COVID, yeah, COVID and there's stuff season. going on. I think you've said about like softball. There's been softball at Sentinel on yeah, Sundays yeah. and stuff. I think uh, yeah, but. It's a shame. I mean, I was talking to to Jimmy Harrop about it. Obviously, the ex Albury captain. He's been playing thirds this year because he hasn't been able to play. And he works uh, on a Saturday, one, basically. Yeah. And um, and he's he's been saying that he's gutted because he wanted to play at Shrewsbury, and unfortunately, they're playing twice at home, which it's 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 well, I don't know. If it's not right, or I don't I don't know how the league have worked it, but um, it's it's one of them. It's up for debate, isn't it? It's it's not not great, is it? I know James Lee isn't, isn't best pleased with it. No, he's no. not. He's not best pleased. I'm not surprised as well. Any normal season, I think you'd rather play at home. Well, of course you would. Yeah, of course you would. Yeah. But this year we have to all the sanitising all the. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a lot of work, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. But you know, it's no. Again, we're talking about those top teams being up there, and Alberbury again being one of the village sides. You know. Alberbury strong second 11 third 11 and from an Alberbury point of view you could see youth coming through but also kind of like you know 
we've got good second 11 standard third 11 standard teams considering what we are mm. as a club and it's it's good to see us mixing it with those teams i'd say on a, from an albury point of view obviously we're wanting to push the first 11 on to being as competitive as the seconds and thirds are um talking about first and seconds uh well two teams doing slight having slightly different fortunes to the other team um albury twos and threes and the ones not doing as great as they probably want to um sentinel ones and twos doing really well this season but the third team possibly not as much is this something that you'd be expecting or is it just more about kind of just how they how it is is it I not? just the way i see our third team uh it's the way it should be it's youth youth development um very good mix of youth and um adults uh they normally do a six and five five kids six adults all the other way around and that's, that's just the way it's been there's some good kids at the club uh i know there's um uh the likes of uh jacob binnesley who's 13 he's keeping wicket for him he's a young kid you know, and they give him a chance, give him a chance to play every week, which is great. Uh, and it's something that should happen at every club. You know, get your youth through. Don't think we're going to worry about where we are in the league. I don't think you need to worry about it, do you? Uh, it's 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 been a good development season for the club, and uh, these kids will just gain from it. And mm. you do have the experience. John Ashton is one of them. You yeah, know, yeah. who plays week. He didn't play this Sunday, but he, he plays pretty much every Sunday. He's he's really good for the youth development. Um, and and that's what you need at a club so uh, I don't think we'll be that bothered where we are in, yeah. in my opinion I know there is clubs that do like to do better and, at that level but I think it's all about bringing through the kids for the, for the future for the club really yeah and we'll move on to Sunday Telford and East so in Sunday Telford and East Warfield or Warfield let us know Warfield, Warfield. <laughs> oh, I, got it, I got it right then they weren't, they weren't like that <laughs> Yeah, so Werfield third eleven, unsurprisingly top of the table, the the Premier Sunday Shropshire cricket team uh, leading the way in a, in well in a group full of teams who play Sunday Div two, so not particularly surprising for them. Then obviously the rest, then lower down, it's kind of split into two. You got Newport thirds, Maidley thirds, Wellington thirds, all up there with three points separating them. Then you got. Chelmar second eleven, Bridge North Fords, Lillishall Force, Maidley. Well, I say that, you know, you've got Chelmarsh and Bridge North who are close to each other, then you've got Lillishall and Maidley who are one winish away from both of them, kind of. Um, but both of those only ten points separating both sides. You know, it's you know, split divisions, but no surprises there really, guys. I, I... One thing I want to say is, like, with the Maidley sides, what what's the format with them? Can they like swap players? Can they actually swap players? I, I think I've asked this before, but I'm just really interested in it to see like how the, the same well, club. Are knocking thirds and fourths in the same. Yes, they are. Yeah. I think they're in the next one, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but but I find that very interesting. Obviously, um, I don't know what if they put. I think they're, they're probably not as tight on it this season because of the nature of the league. Yeah, mind you, Maidley have had the same. Two teams in the same division. Yeah, it, it, it yeah. was when we were talking about the fixtures and everything that's gone on there. It was another thing that was brought up, as in, whereas there's been the complications of who plays who in the other leagues, they've had to make sure in that league, because Maidley threes finished in the top half, Maidley fours finished in the bottom half. They've got to make sure that the Maidley threes and fours games don't 
don't clash so there's no mm. so they're both playing home and away at different times which has also been a struggle for them in mm. in that regard mm. moving on to the final sunday group which is sunday north and northwest uh Whitchurch thirds again it's you know it's this case of Whitchurch really looking to push on the other teams so that they're kind of competing at a higher standard doing really well there top of the league having won six out of eight losing one con- uh, conceding one um, Frankton thirds, Oswestry thirds, the other two sides up there doing well. Knocking fourths, lead uh, next, knocking thirds yeah. in fifth, <laughs> and uh, Ellesmere thirds, a team who are quite new to the whole system, uh, mm. getting in there. But they'll be happy with their two wins, I would assume. But yeah, again, big sides up there. And uh, any surprises overall in the whole of the Sunday cricket pyramid? Would we say, Joss? Not for me, really. No, no. It is nice to see some of the clubs like like Frankton, you know, and the thirds are doing okay. I know mm. when when some of the higher, you know, your your first seconds aren't doing so well, it is always nice to have the third team. Like Warfield are one, their third team are doing really well. And, the and first also, and seconds aren't. And you also know, it might it, be because they're reshuffled a little. Yeah, bit. might might be, might be, but it is nice to see for clubs that are at least they they can look at their thirds and say they're doing well, they're developing. It's good, good for the club in the future. If it's youngsters that are doing it, all exactly. The yeah, 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 exactly. That's so, hope, hey? so now that we've talked to all the leagues, what have been the main standout things that you've, the main key points that you would say you've noticed about all of these leagues having gone through them all? That's a real tough question, really. <laughs> That's a really tough question. Um, the main thing for me is how healthy cricket has been this year, considering it wasn't going to happen. And look how many leagues we've got. We've just been through them all, some more thoroughly than others. To see we've got that many leagues in this in this COVID ravaged season is fantastic, really. And people's commitment to playing still. I mean, I don't know the stats for how many games have been conceded, and we have mm. highlighted a few. There's been very, very few. It's, it's it's tremendous to see such such support and such enthusiasm mm. for the game, even even in this odd season that we've had this year. Totally agree. I think I think as well. Um, it's. Um, I have, to, I, I, have to, I have to say, I think it's it's been a huge testament to the clubs and the people who are the organisers and the people mm. who put in the hard work, who are putting the procedures in place. You know, the clubs that you go to are, you know, are sticking by the whole guidelines and things like that. I know that's been something that you wanted to talk about, but we've probably run out of time for tonight. But well, in we've probably run out of time for in this episode. But yeah, something. You know they they you know people have been getting the game on so to speak, but also from my point of view, my thoughts are obviously the strength of how teams doing it. For me, it'll be really interesting to see how these teams finish mm. and how it translate instant uh, translates into next season. Yeah, and also big big up for the league uh, committee who have put this all together. It can't have been easy. Um, I I I wouldn't want to be in their position at the moment, really. And uh, good luck to them sorting out next season. Let's hope we can get back to cricket and it doesn't have to be done again. That's the the big thing. We don't know when this is going to end. Who's to say next season won't be the same again? And I hope it's not. I hope it's back to competitive cricket again. Uh, But fair play to all the teams that have put all your your teams out. It's uh, It's been a good season. Okay. And let's move ourselves on to our final segment. So, as we come to the end of episode 24 and we look forward to the next podcast, I want to remind you all, obviously, thank you so much again for always supporting the podcast and 
you know, sharing and getting involved. Obviously, make sure you're getting involved in our Twitter, Instagram, Facebook polls and other little bits where we're looking to try and get you guys more involved in the podcast, giving us the feedback, you know, and support. It really helps. And obviously, getting involved with the store, I know it, you know, every little helps and it helps keep the podcast running and uh, keeps things moving and really does show your support. And we are kind of overwhelmed by any kind of support and praise that people give us, you know, and even just sharing it about, it does mean a lot. And obviously the more that you interact, it does mean a lot to us boys, especially even when you see us on the pitch, you know, giving us a chat and even keeping us up to date with what's going on in your clubs. It is really great. Um, The next podcast, obviously, hopefully we won't be too long away um we've got the Birmingham Lee podcast which obviously isn't with these boys which will be coming up soon with the end of season review and we'll have our end of season review and we'll also have a little bit of a fun one and hopefully we'll either have Jamie or a guest on uh, for that one and oh, obviously so like we Jamie, said do we have to wait for you to get runs again before <laughs> it could be a long way away could be a long long way away remember Swarbrick's nice little full tosses please <laughs> I think I've got a good feeling I'll be talking about how it yeah, swung from outside off stump oh, into yeah. my middle stump. But anyway, positive thoughts, it's James. Your helmet. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> but yeah, hopefully I'm here for the next one. Anyway, um, <laughs> anyway, like I was saying, thank you for all the support. And obviously, if you do have any tips or advice or want to keep us updated with your club or anything that you want us to bring us up, Please feel free to let us know in the in our comments, uh, like, share, subscribe, or send us private messages uh, to the group, uh, well, to the podcast, and let us know about you know what's going on in your club and various other things that you think need bringing up. And also, if you are interested in being a part of our lower league podcast, then that would be great as well. Anyway, remember to like, comment, share, and subscribe. But uh, before we go, we wanted just to uh, share a few thoughts of us from uh, the podcast uh, to the Shropshire cricket community and uh, to a certain group of people and uh, something that comes from the heart of the podcast. And uh, I think it'd probably be best to be said by Andy Harrison. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, in, in this uh, COVID era, uh, we've we've lost a few people, not not due to COVID, but we've uh, lost Eugene McCarney, um, really big personality in Shropshire cricket, and I think uh, he's really brought the Shropshire cricket community together. Um, I went to the Shelton Cricket Club um, to celebrate his life, um, and it was absolutely amazing to see everyone together, and uh, from from the whole of uh, the Shropshire cricket community. Um, uh, it was a very, very, very sad loss, and uh, uh, well done to everyone who contributed to giving him a, a great send off, and uh, best of wishes to his his family. Uh, also, we've lost uh, Nigel Green, um, who uh, a few of us from Grasshoppers actually met on a, a Kai Glass tour. He was a scorer for Wellington Cricket Club, um, and also Frankton Cricket Club. Uh, for many years and I'm pretty sure he's done a lot of clubs and he was a great character full of beans and he loved scoring um, people like that so dedicated to cricket they're massive losses and uh, you know um, really saddened to hear the news um, so rest in peace Nigel as well so uh, thank you very much uh, our thoughts our thoughts were with all of uh, all of those related and teammates and people who are connected with those players and also anyone else who has lost anyone in this in this time and our thoughts are all with you 
and support as a cricketing community are all together and let's hope that we have a great end to the season and a happy one at that and we all wish you the best and hope that you're all keeping in good health and good mental health as well and remember if you want to yeah you can uh our messages are open and it's uh it's okay to talk people and on that one i will wish you all a goodbye and i will say thank you very much andy uh thank you always a pleasure Thank you very much, Josser. Cheers, James. And Jamie Martindale, you're useless. (laughs) And well done to anyone who's made it through. It's been a long one, but I hope you've enjoyed it. Until the next time, goodbye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.